On today's episode of Back of the Bird, the boys recap the last two weeks in the LL, including some controversial calls in the Riptide game, talk a little bit of news from around the lacrosse world, a little bit of Maryland High Point, and we sit down with Oakville legend and one of the best players to ever play in the NLL, Dangerous Dan Dawson. Here is Back of the Bird. And I knelt down on my knees and prayed at the altar for prophecy. I want to give a major shout out to friend of the program and former professional hockey player, Boston Levi for the intro music. We changed it up. That is thief by Boston Levi from his EP prophecies without further ado. Let's jump into back of the bird. Okay. We're back a little bit of a hiatus episode 37. We're going Brody Merrill episode. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good one. I guess you heard of him. Heard of him. So we're going to go with that one. Um, Again, it's been a minute since we chatted, but as we always are, we're presented by Cottage Springs. Your best, I mean, any kind of ready-to-drink vodka drinks, talking waters, sodas, lemonades, my favorite of the lemonades. If you're in Ontario, go to an LCBO, check them out. Um, If you're in any other province, just go to your liquor store, whatever the local thing is to do. I don't even know how that works in most provinces, but still check them out. They just got us some, uh, sent quite the little swag package over to the boys here. So um, pretty excited about that, Donnie. I'm going to have to get some uh, some sent down to you. Kidding me? Look at that. Wow. What a piece. Can't really see that on obviously an audio podcast, but everyone was impressed. So we drank a million of them on Friday night, but we'll get to that. But Polly, I know you had a game last night. How are we feeling? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus. I'm feeling okay, man. I'm tired. As usual, after games, it was a rough one. But, yeah, man, doing okay. Just tired, you know. Buffalo is the worst city and the best city at the same time because them keeping those bars open that late is absolutely no good for anybody. Not for an old guy like me, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Look at your room. We thought it was a good idea to change into Sundays, but we're going to have to kind of manufacture our own energy here. But um Heck of a couple of weeks. I don't know, Don. You want to pull up the scores from from both weeks here? We can try to just buzz through them. Yeah, it's uh, been a frustrating couple of weeks here for the Riptidemen, but we felt close. We missed my rant, fresh out of it, which may have been wiser to take a full week to reflect. But uh, it's uh, maybe I the twenty four hour rule. You, we may have may have got you suspended if we potted after. Yeah, after I'm sure game. I'll I'm sh- I'm sure I'll still get fined. But it's uh, yeah, we'll we'll dive into that after the scores. But Don, you got those pulled up? Yes, yeah, so this is going back to last week. So yep. Saturday, January 29th, you had the Rock uh, winning twelve eight, and then Philadelphia Wings over the Georgia Swarm eight seven. Albany uh, Firewolves over Halifax, <clears throat> excuse me, 8-6. Saskatchewan Rush over the Panthers Street Lacrosse Club, 16-7. Colorado, 9 over Vancouver, 4. And San Diego, 13 over Calgary, 10. And then on Sunday, you had Buffalo beating the Riptide, 18-17, in the game uh, that you were just talking about. And then switching to this past week, Halifax beat Riptide 13 to 10 on Friday. Uh, Georgia over Albany 14 to 13 on Friday. Then on Saturday, Albany beat Georgia 13 11. Buffalo over Rochester 11 8. Toronto Rock over Philadelphia Wings 14 to 7. Colorado Mammoth 14 over Calgary Roughnecks 10. 
and then the Vancouver Warriors, 17 to 11 over my Panthers State lacrosse club. There were a lot of games. Yeah. Well, that one was last week the the seven banger. Was that last week? Yeah, I think that was until you guys moved yours, right? Yeah, then we got moved to Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, I guess we'll go back to that. I mean, well, let's go back to that because, man, fuck, dude, your return. Yeah, I like did. I did back to the field practicing. How was that, man? Like, obviously, a lot of love on, on social, which was cool. Nice little video smiling, just buzzing around, snapping around the boys. How was it, man? How'd you feel? It was good. I think it was like, um, I think I realize now, obviously, with any like, especially as you get older, like it's been two years, and after major injury, it just like takes so long to get warmed up. But like then, once you are it's such a constant battle of staying warm, which is something you would never think of if you never had like an injury, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of the flow of practice, like, all right, we're going to break into shooting drills. We're okay. I'm going to be going hard there. And then we're going to do like walk through five on five. So I'm going to be cooled down. So now I got to like find a way to stay warm. Right. Yeah. It's, so it's an interesting balance. I mean, traveling is definitely no good for somebody coming back from rupturing a tendon. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it was my seriously. foot kind of swelled up um, on the plane, but then like, came got back down and then like the second you're out there it's uh it's good fun so we had that one um that practice was good friday night and then saturday a little uh or saturday we didn't have anything actually because of the fucking snowmageddon going on so we uh just went out to a diner just being good guys pushed three cars out of the ditch i mean trying to do everything we can for good karma (laughs) i mean ultimately it doesn't work out this karma thing but um then we had a nice little Benihana dinner, which or lunch, I guess, Saturday sort of thing. So, um, and then we went, <laughs> we had to, we did yoga. I don't know if you guys have heard of yoga. I am now a yoga guy. Well, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, unreal. Yeah. And the, the chick that started is Canadian, right? I think she's from Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we said, we used to bring a girl in for some of the boys, like in the summer and we're training some of the hockey guys. But I mean, essentially, it's just, yoga for athletes but it's just essentially just yoga right yeah well so it's it's kind of like what's it like it's almost like a it's just kind of like an in-between where it's like almost like a mix of like pilates and yoga like where it's kind of like anything and stuff yeah and it's like activation and stuff but it was uh because the yoga is saying it's jock yoga yeah so it's uh yeah i enjoyed that and then after uh had dinner and there happened to be a Royal Rumble on TV. So we got everybody in. Uh, everybody got a number assigned to them. Nice. Um, five bucks a five bucks a number if you wanted in. And then um <laughs> we ended up starting it at whatever. The, I think it started like 8 30. And then guys just like started going to bed, like because we had the game next day. Um yeah. and we and we bet on like we kind of we bet and thought it was like the men's going first, and then it was the women's. And uh, so I watched about half of a women's royal rumble and it was the craziest thing i've ever seen they're flop they're just flopping around getting tossed everywhere wearing the most insane outfits so it was uh it was pretty funny we've got a couple diehard guys um wwe guys so oh yeah who yeah uh jake fox and then uh mclove and the our equipment manager there is, is i mean that makes it, that makes it. a lot of sense that yeah. the equipment manager is a diehard wwe guy yeah and we uh yeah, we were kind of chirping it like, oh, this is like make belief. And he was like, getting all fed up. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, you guys couldn't even do half the shit they're doing. It was awesome. So his uh, his wheels were turning there, but I didn't end up winning. 
Um, surprise, surprise, Ronda Rousey and her comeback to women's wrestling wins the Royal Rumble. Who, who, who would have who guessed? But um, I think the winner ended up taking home like 200 bucks or something, um, which is a nice little a nice yeah. little win. Yes, these. Um, but, who won that? Who won the men's? I don't know. Oh. I, it, was, it was really <laughs> late. Like, I don't even know when it when it went on. But, uh, but yeah, then we played the old matinee, buddy. And let me tell you. Did that anything was- happen in that game? That was something else. I I think taking time to reflect on it, it's kind of you, you die down a little bit. But I mean, the the Tidemen played so well. Like you know, that offense is so so unpredictable because they just like don't like really run any plays. Like they're just freelancing wherever yeah. they go, and they're all skilled, right? So it was a hell of a game to watch. Riptider up seventeen fifteen, I think. Just a five minute major for high stick, and they call, and I get it. You know, again, I'm going to preface this by understanding that plays happen very fast on the field. But, yeah, I mean, just an absolutely tough call that ultimately was rescinded to being only a two-minute minor. So after the five-minute major was called, we're down one guy. We're like, okay, we can still, like, you know, we can kill this off. And even if they score, they score, you know, whatever they score two goals were still tied. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he would come out of the bar or the penalty would come off the, off the board. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, then they get the ball. Damon's running backwards into our own end. He gets pushed by the old guy, gets a holding stick cause <laughs> as he's flying through the air onto his backside. So five on three, they score Damon's penalty comes out and then they score again to tie it. And then they start the uh, overtime on the power play. So, again, I understand these things happen fast, but it was literally the craziest thing I've ever seen in terms of, like, having a direct impact on the outcome of the game, um, which I don't, like, I don't know. How, I don't know how that, how you handle that, like, in sports. Like, when there's, like, blunders by officials, like, in games that actually decide the game. Like, what do they do in other leagues? Not soccer. I'm sure they would just kill the guy, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, cause like, remember, like, uh, I don't know how long ago. Remember that that umpire made that brutal call and ruined that guy's perfect game. Yeah, and then he was like apologized after and like crying and stuff. I, I think he like I think he didn't get fired, but I think he like lost games or like they don't do playoff games and stuff like that. I mean, I don't I don't think we'll the league will do anything for any of our guys like. Cause we don't have that many guys, but yeah, I think it's kind of the same in hockey. Like you don't get like the big time games. I think that's kind of like the discipline, but I yeah. also don't really have any idea. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thought that I've never really like thought I've never really considered before is like, I don't know. Do they, do they have a finding system the way that we do? If some, if somebody does like a five minute major that gets reviewed, like, is well, there a system you know what we should do? I should text El Coho. I don't know if he's even still a part of the old head of officiating, but maybe that's a question we can ask him and see, yeah. see what he's got going on. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, but yeah, I guess that, that, that five was turned into a two afterwards. Um, and I, and I'm fairly certain that the, uh, the Damon penalty they admitted was the wrong call. So it's essentially just admitted that we should have, should have won the game again. You don't know what would happen if they pulled their goalie, even if it was five on five or what, you know, whatever, but it's, uh, that's a tough one, tough one, like in the room after, right? Like, what do you even say? Like what uh, it's just like, that was just, you know, you played in, in 
what the style of play that that team plays and like kind of our style, like we played essentially the perfect game to, to beat them. And then that, oh. that happens. Right. And it's just like, what's yeah. the that's why it's yeah it's frustrating especially you guys hang 17 on on vino like that's yeah it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing to hang 17 on on vino right yeah that was i think i saw a tweet he's led in 17 goals three times in his career and now he's won one of those games with letting in 17 (laughs) which is just fucking bananas but they're just kept getting salt in the old wound of the riptide ages over and over again yeah yeah, uh, but it's uh yeah, it is what it is, I guess. So, but during that game, we were the old uh we had the healthcare yeah. heroes or heroes uh in general kind of jerseys going on, um, which are really cool, I thought, and like interesting, interesting look to them. They blended in a little bit with the turf on TV. Yeah, um, but uh, but still pretty cool. And, and throughout the game, um there was like videos of like different of different guys on our team um kind of talking about like different heroes. Um, I don't know if that was like on TV or not, but, um, they actually ended up Danny McRae did his with, uh, with Rob McDougall, which was a pretty cool little feature, like lots of little throwback photos and, no, uh, and different things. So it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know if they put it on TV or not, or if they still have those clips or whatever, but, um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, it's just, and then you can't even, yeah, you don't even have time to like think about the game. Then you're at the airport, right? It's like then you're flying, yeah. flying right back. So um bit of a long weekend for the first one just kind of leaving friday at noon and then getting back sunday at, at midnight so um but i wouldn't have it any other way that's welcome but it was kind of a nice little welcome back weekend i think yeah thrown right into the mix and right into the melting pot yeah that's good and then uh what was your what was your weekend like the one before we were just in hamilton so uh, again pretty Nice and nice and close to home. So just kind of nice in and out, really, to tell you the truth, kind of go on the Hamilton, have a nap, go play the game and then and then go home. So it was it was nice. But it's funny. I was like, even when I was having the nap in the hotel, I'm like, I guess go home. It's like literally 15 minutes away. But then, you know, you never know. Hank might be barking or whatever. So I figured just have a nap in the hotel room. Yeah. I step out of the life for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Um and then, uh, yeah, then just like long week. Um, you know what I started started watching was uh, I wonder if like they gave their seal of approval, but I started watching that uh, Tommy Lee and like Pam. It's like a documentary, but it's oh, like yeah? the actors with that's uh, Sebastian Stan. And I don't know who the girl is, but she looks exactly like Pamela Anderson. Um, but decent. Watch two episodes. Pretty decent. Um, there's some skin that gets shown flowing around, so it's not too bad. Nice. And I, well, actually, speaking of skin, obviously, like I, I assume Sebastian Stan maybe does have a absolute wrench on him, but I assume he's got prosthetics. But that thing's just flying around on it too. It's hilarious. Is it? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's it's on. Uh, what's it? It's on Disney too. What? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Weird thing. I think you gotta sign up for like I don't know Disney after dark. At all. You gotta sign know up what for it Disney, is. Disney porno to get this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but another thing is the old the old Don man returned to the field. How was that, bud? You son of a bitch. It was so fun, man. 
Like, oh, did he? Did you guys play High Point? Is that where? Yeah, it was oh. high, uh, we played High Point on Saturday. Jesus, um, I'm just out to lunch. I just like saw High Point, Maryland. I didn't even clue into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was such a blast. Um, just like cool to be back out there again. And uh, it's funny, like we did like the anthems, and then at Maryland we go back into the locker room, then we run out the tunnel. And nice. so the whole game, I was uh, the whole like game day. I was like, all right, this feels pretty normal. Like having done this in a while, it feels pretty normal. So we we're in the tunnel to go out to the game and the game starts in like two minutes. It's like, it's about to go. And I started tearing up in the tunnel and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like I got to play it in like 30 seconds. Like what the fuck is going on here? And it was just like, we were in like the music was going, everyone was screaming. It was like a cool moment. Yeah. And you know, I just, it's been a long time. And like, it kind of like hit me in that moment, but I was like, fuck, I got to play like right now. <laughs> like I was like, I got to shake these willies out of me. Cause like, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. And then that's um, too funny. Yeah. ended up, you know, we ended up being a good game and stuff like that. And like, once the game started, it, it uh, it just felt normal, but uh, yeah, it was just a cool, cool moment. Cool to get back out there and had some family in the stands and stuff like that. So yeah. And two talks. Did I see two talks? Yeah. Two talks felt, felt good. Probably had, I could have had a couple more, but that's uh, I think that's probably what every offensive player says after a game. So yeah. Yeah, but it felt good to the boys. Like, did it just kind of feel like you got to get those wrinkles out? I always met those fucking early games are just like, it feels a little strange. And guys got, you got to figure out who, who likes to play how because games are just so different than practice, right? Yeah, definitely different. Like, I felt rusty, which is weird because I've had so much practice time at this point. But there is stuff you just can't, like, you can't replicate. But it, it was fairly smooth for the team. Like, I, I, we, we played pretty well. So, obviously, a lot of stuff to work on, but. And then we got Loyola this weekend, uh, which will be a really good test. And uh, that'll be at home again. So just looking forward nice. to that one. And now it's kind of like a familiar rhythm of these weeks as like as you guys are like, no, too. Yeah. It's like when you know you're playing every week, it's like, okay, I know how this is going to go. Like, yeah, you can two or set three up days. Week. Yeah, yeah. Two or three days of like pretty hard prep work. And then like Thursday, Friday, start gearing down a little bit, start, you know, thinking about just trying to get your legs ready to play Saturday and yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah. Who, uh, who are like, who are like the top teams or who's like, who's good this year kind of, or is it just like a free for all? So Virginia's number one. Uh, they won okay. the last two championships. So, uh, they're number one until someone knocks them off okay. right now. In most polls, we're number two. Nice. Um, and then like Notre Dame's up there for a lot of people. Uh, Syracuse was up there for some people in the preseason. Okay. Um, but they just had an injury. Uh, I think really everyone's – I think it's at UVA and then everybody else. I think everyone's okay. chasing chasing them. Duke is up there. Sweet. Yeah. So how many games do you guys play regular season? Uh, this year we're, we're actually playing 12, which is less okay. than uh, what most teams play. Okay. Uh, most teams play like 14, okay. I think. Nice. Sure. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have a little bit of fun after the game or what? Yeah, a little bit of fun. Nice. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. Yeah, good, good. But, Just yeah. in case coach listens, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm try, trying to think what else. Uh, old Polly Boy, I guess you – did we even really touch on your Buffalo night? You want to touch on your Buffalo night? Um. Yeah, yeah, we can quickly touch on it. Like, obviously, it's a tough game, but a uh, little team bonding. So, Danny Coates, he's, he's like uh, – he's kind of like the mayor of, of Buffalo. He's got all these hookups and stuff. Anyways, we went – this bar called 40 thieves um good little time kind of like just 
kind of like a hole in the wall bar place like but it was good like little of the 90s like rock and everyone sing along in the bar and uh, anyways like boys having a time and then all of a sudden like everyone's like it's just kind of there was like two tiers right so i was up on like the second tier and you can't really see down below if that makes sense if you can picture it but anyways everyone's like you got to get downstairs you got to get downstairs jeweler's behind the bar so i don't know if you guys know our backup big joel watson he's an absolute beauty and so i like i go to look over the railing and that he's just back there he's got like two bottles in his hand just pouring shots pouring this like lemon cello down girls throats it was just hilarious <laughs> just having the time of his life and he was like he was back there honestly for a good like 45 minutes like i think they started paying him like he was just fucking <laughs> doing a regular shift so that was pretty funny good for good for team morale and uh yeah it was just hilarious so it was a good little night nice yeah, yeah. we had similar i mean after our game we were in hamilton which is got to be a first in our league we were in hamilton as the new york riptide playing the halifax thunderbirds on toronto rock turf so it was kind of a uh, we didn't even like touch on that that they'll be playing their next i guess two or three home games there right yeah yeah because i guess with the halifax restrictions they can't even play let alone no fans like they can't play so um which is just bananas that that's still going on but um but yeah, I played there like again, super strange. Like we scored the first goal of the game. Um, and like 13 seconds later, just crowd noise gets pumped into the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was uh it was kind of funny. And it's like it's funny because you could like in the you're sitting in the crowd watching, and it's basically just like the guys that aren't playing for both teams, um, and then some personnel as well. And you can hear everything that's being said on the floor. Like, yeah. it, like guys are screaming at each other, like chirping each other for diving or whatever so it's kind of uh kind of funny that way but it's uh yeah it was a tough one for us too again like fuck, it's just you get so close you do the right things for a while and then like a few mistakes kind of stack up to uh to lose and then it's just like you don't know what to say when you get in the room and stuff but it's uh well hopefully we can kind of turn things around because you just want to you know you just want to start winning because it's just the only thing that can kind of keep you positive right is at the end of the day is is winning and it's such a good feeling and everybody wants it once you have it um once you feel it it's like you, you kind of need it every time you play so it's uh had to shake that one off but we had i had a few of the guys back um back here to my place after the game we uh we had about four cases of cottage springs deleted those pretty good um and just kind of hung out with the boys so it was good to it was good to do that um obviously for me the first time this year that I've been able to kind of go out with or have some drinks with the boys. So, um, it should be good. I know next, next weekend we got, we got a big weekend ahead. Um, so we're going to figure out what we're going to record. Cause I, we got, we got Georgia, we got Georgia Saturday night, Sunday morning. We are cruising as a team to Nashville to go watch the Super Bowl in Nashville. Come um, on. Yeah. Jesus. So that'll be, uh, That'll be fun. I think <laughs> may have to do, we may have to record while you're on the road, while you're cruising. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing live. You're just doing live interviews with some of the boys and whatever you guys are cruising in. Honestly, we could, yeah, I could bring my laptop and do a Saturday or Sunday, like afternoon interview with one of the guys on our team yeah. or something. We'll have to figure something out, but uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I think that'll be good. Good for the boys to kind of get to know each other too. Um, and like, I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun watching the Super Bowl. In a place like Nashville, 
uh, I don't know, man. Hard to say, eh? Yeah, I don't think it'll be that good. So, so. I don't know. Well, I'm sure you'll find something, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. So, um, oh, dude, I wa- did you watch any of the Pro Bowl today, football? No. Dude, I've never seen anything like this. Like, I don't even know why they still have this game. They're literally jogging around, like, pushing each other with one hand. Yeah, again, like, there's certain sports, like, even, like, I mean, I didn't watch much of the NHL game, but even, like, that, right? It, the All-Star games are always such a – Weird thing, because every time I feel like there's an all-star game, this conversation happens where it's like, man, these guys don't try. Fuck, should we have all-star games? But, like, football is, like, legit the one game that you can't, unless you're just going to do, like, flag football. But even that, remember, like, a couple years ago, they did flag football. A guy, like, fucking ruptured his, like, Achilles or ACL. Yeah, man. Like, in this, like, beach football thing. But, like... Yeah, football, you literally can't do it. I'm, and every time there is a Pro Bowl, I'm just like, yeah, why do they have this game? At least hockey, basketball, they don't try, but you can kind of still play that game without, like, hitting guys and stuff. Like, football is just – you can't do it. No, can't be done. Yeah. I never watch like- it because it's just – I mean, I'm not a huge football guy to begin with. So yeah. Like, like I, I, I wouldn't be able to watch it. I wouldn't be able yeah, to watch it. And then, uh, well, it was NHL All-Star Weekend, too. I watched a couple of the games. Um, skills competition was just bananas. The Trevor Zegers throwing – did you see what he did? Yeah, that was legit. I mean, insane. Yeah, yeah, like just do- the dodgeball dodgeball throwback, just blindfolded, blindfolded, buzzing in, lacrosse kind of style, just tucks one in, so – Pretty insane. Good weekend for those guys. Looked like a blast too. They had like that Chicklets Cup going on the road hockey yeah. and stuff. So just yeah, that us- would have been uh, have been a good little wall, especially in that Pro Bowl was there too. It'd been a good little weekend to be in Vegas. I'm sure a lot a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, shenanigans. Yeah. Um, what else it? we got? Lacrosse news. Well, a couple of some Junior A news, and we can't break we can't break one of the news is because we haven't let the. The release hasn't come out yet, but there's big okay. news. There's big news coming out of the Chief. Well, Burlington, the Burlington Junior A team. There's some big news coming out, but keep that one in the cooker. Keep that one in the Guess we got a friend of the pod, Nick Rose, GM of his hometown, Orangeville Northman. So Rosie man, just I mean, he's been a ball boy for that team. I think he was like assistant GM for a bit, right? He's kind of been involved with the junior team for the last couple of years, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, taking the reins. So good for him. I know he's. I mean, I got a fucking excited. couple question marks though. Who the hell what, rigged the first that? overall pick? How do you? How does he get first overall pick right out of the gate? Who's rigging With the Bob draft? Cleveland? Bob Cleveland. Bob Cleveland being like the head of junior. Hey, yeah, he posted that on his uh, Instagram and just wrote back rigged right away to him. Yeah, the slapped. fucking frozen envelope. I yeah. mean, that's just unbelievable that that yeah. happened. But. Um, yeah, congrats to him. Obviously, pretty cool. Like to have a guy that's devote like lacrosse has been his whole life. The arena is named after his father. Like, yeah, and he steps in and you know is obviously he's gonna put you know push that team in a good direction and and keep kind of that like we've talked about. I mean, the way too many times that we've talked about it and had <laughs> Orangeville guys on like that kind of tradition of winning is. Um, I think it's obviously in good hands. So, congrats to him. Um, Trying to think what else. I mean, is that were you hinting at a bit of a chief? I mean, a Burlington name change. Is that what we're keeping in the vault, or is that 
No, we're not keeping that. Just we have a staff announcement coming soon, so of our own, but we'll keep that in the vault. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know the name change. Yeah, that's probably supposed to be in the vault too, but it's not. It's no longer in the vault. But there may be potentially a name change. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we were just thinking that there might be. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know for sure. We don't have any insider information. So, no. um, what else is going on? And oh, dude, I gotta. I'm gonna watch it. I haven't yet, but I've heard it's nuts. Is this like Tinder swindler thing? Yeah, my wife watches. She says hilarious. Well, not, I oh, guess yeah. not hilarious, but I might have to watch it, it and start though. taking notes. I might have to. T- I might have to try to be a swindler myself. Yeah, but else I don't want to go to jail. But still, we end. But he I can't. Mean, he, well, I don't want to ruin it. She. I didn't watch it, but she told me. But he basically moved to somewhere else and is just doing it all over again. Wow. Like he couldn't get he couldn't get charged because like I think essentially these girls just gave him money because like they were like dating right so it's kind of like yeah it's, he, there's nothing illegal of, that he did yeah yeah interesting okay I gotta I gotta read this guy's rule book yeah but, um what else did I watch honestly I haven't even been watching anything I've been crushing I've been crushing uh, Full House that's my bedtime show now Jesus. Yeah, so I might need to find a new one of those because that one's uh, I just don't even watch. I turn it on and just start looking at my phone while I'm in bed. It's like, what am I doing here? So, um, I think that that pretty much does it. What I mean, I guess we should have announced that we've uh, swallowing we've decided swallowing our, swallowing our pride this week. Yeah, we're we're doing it for the fans. Um, we've decided to have the enemy of the pod on, and I think we all know who that is. And Dan Dawson, I think this is uh. I think it's going to be a fun one. I mean, again, so many accolades to this guy. Um, and But, you know, it's just a shame he's not very likable. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll get over that and just have him on. So, um, if Paul, you got anything else before we uh, before we send it over? No. No, I'm good. Let's uh, – yeah, I don't – we'll see if you guys like this interview or not. But Yeah, you'll know. probably hate it. If you don't, just don't blame us. So – as they all are, this interview with Dan Dawson is brought to you by Lucky Penny at Lucky Penny Media. We're a full-service marketing company without the hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, and when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here he is, enemy of the pod, dangerous Dan Dawson. Our next guest. A second here. Wait. Have you, have you read the legals on this here from my people? Uh, they didn't get it over to us in time, so we're shooting from the hip. Okay, fine. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> we're keeping that in as the enemy of the pod immediately interrupted me during this his own intro. But our next guest was drafted in the sixth round. This relatively unknown person quickly became a household name in the NLL where he's now second all-time in points soon to be first all-time in games played he's won every award imaginable and every championship including three NLL champions cups eight man cups world indoor you name it he's done it in the game of lacrosse if we go any further we'll run out of time to interview him welcome enemy of the pod Daniel Joseph Dawson what is going on buddy how are we I'm doing good. I, I'm so pumped that we came to terms and we finally got this together. And I apologize about all the stuff I've been saying behind your guys' back. 
We are never financially going to rebel or recover from this. Yeah. Hey, you can thank mom for this. She says, Danny, can you please help your little brother out and go on the pod? And, and Joe's up top thinking you better go on my favorite son's podcast. That's what he's saying. So yeah, you better believe we'd have Joe on first before we had you on too. You would, it would yeah. just be an absolute Dan bashing fest, which would have been amazing. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't release one story he told though. <laughs> no, exactly. We we could probably sit him down with with Pete Lomas and just ha- and then Paul and I could leave the podcast. We could just have them two sit there and, and chat each other's ear off for hours. It's uh, we did it. We did an intro here and and before uh, before you even got in and, and just said we're uh, we're putting our own bias aside in terms of having the enemy on and we're doing it for the fans because everyone's been demanding I don't know why but demanding that we get you on here so we had to do it. Okay. So, yep. He's great. got nothing. He's what got a, nothing. I like this. He's doing. The, he's doing the. He's doing the no talking. <laughs> no, sorry. I know, I'm excited. I, I. I really do. Uh, I'm new to this. Uh, the podcast game. I guess I. I do really enjoy listening to you guys. All, all kidding aside, you've done an amazing job of getting some insight into uh, some of the funny stories, and you know, you get to know some of the characters in the NLL, and that's what's missing about this game is really diving into the people that you know, make this game what it is. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of the game, so I'm thankful for all you guys have done. And it's been fun to reminisce and relive some of those stories of guys I played with or played against and get to know some guys I didn't know um, and really have more of a liking to them. That's well, that don't, he's, it kind of- he's trying he's trying to give us compliments before we get into the deep questions so that we don't ask any of the any of the borderline offside ones. I know how this guy works. Dude, I got my lawyer right here on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's gonna say next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I plead the fifth. Um let's well let's get into it right now. Okay, so how come out of you're 20, what, year 21, 22? What year are you in right now? I think officially, I think it's 20 without, like, obviously, the I think it's yeah. year 20 playing, I believe. Okay, okay. Playing. So, how come you never passed me the ball for me to score? I got 11 assists, 11 assists for you, no assists for me. Like, be honest, like... <laughs> You're transitioning the ball up like I'm running ahead of you, right? And either I, I pull it out and, and try to feed you back, but at no point, like you're just running up the floor. That's, that's probably the truth of a matter. And I, I don't need you coming up here and stealing, stealing my limelight. Like That's also you, true. Right. I remember you coming over for uh, Thanksgiving dinner one time and your knuckles were bleeding. And I said, Hey, did you walk here? <laughs> All right. You just, you just do your thing out the back door here. Okay. And, and I appreciate you assisting on some of those 11. That's awesome. Well, you know what? It's uh, a no problem again. Cause we, we try and give you the limelight, but I will say one thing. One of the, one Dawson's going to be number one at the end of his career. It's not going to be you. It's going to be this guy because he's climbing up the old PIM rankings. All right, buddy. So I'll be I number one by that. the end of this. Do tens count? I don't I have no idea. They have you to. best believe right towards the end of the retirement, I'll just be 10 bombing everybody. Just go out with style. Uh, that's I've all you always, got that's all you got. The two and a ten. Give me more. Give me yeah. More. <laughs> yeah. Come exactly. on. Come you on. You won't give me another one. You won't give you'll me be another doing, one. 
you'll be doing research reports on every ref on how to get under their skin to just get an automatic 10. But what, uh, why don't we, why don't we go back? I mean, I got to hear kind of out of the gate. What's, how does, how does big brother Dan pick up a stick growing up? It was late grade six. Uh, my best friend down the road, Danny Phillips, his dad was a Metro cop with my father and they coached uh, minor hockey together. And he just, he played a year before me. He's like, Joe, you got to get Danny involved in this game. It's really helping Danny with confined spacing, make him a little bit tougher. It might've been a little bit soft coming from Oakville back in the day. Not like, not like Johnny Donville. He, he's straight thugging. All right. <laughs> he's East Oakville. So he's got more street credit than us, but, um, and he, he got me into the game and my dad knew nothing about the game. We would go out in the front yard and we'd play catch and he'd throw on his old leather uh, baseball glove. And um, I don't know why he would do this, but we would, we would play on the street, like not with any backdrop. So I would throw the ball to him. He would catch it. He's um, somewhat coordinated and he'd throw me the ball. I'd miss it because I'm learning the sport, but then I, he'd say, go get it. And of course the Indian rubber ball, like it would take off like a mile down the road. We'd get like three reps in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like looking back, I don't know why dad did that. Like he, he should have had a brick wall, like on the grass where the ball would have stopped. He's like, go get it <laughs> every time. So it's like three <laughs> catches with dad. So that's maybe that's why it took me so long to develop. That's what, that's what, maybe that's what gave your conditioning such an advantage out of the gate though. Yeah, Turned you into a bit too. of a runner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Always internal optimist you are, but uh, you know me, but uh What's what do we well we'll jump into the Brampton junior days and what was that was around 1946 I guess you we would have been playing junior for Brampton. Oh jeez, yeah. I mean, well, sorry. So let me rewind to Oakville. So once there's a couple of people that were instrumental in in my development growing up, and that's obviously uh, Gord Brown. He was Stewie Brown's uh, founder of Edge. His dad was big um, for me growing up. Um, he was only the, one of the dads who played lacrosse when he was growing up. So he, he really only knew the sport of the dads of our group growing up. And then obviously Bruce Donovan instilled the passion. Like he was coaching us. We didn't have a son on the team. Like, think about that. Like, that's unheard of, the amount of effort and energy and man hours into giving back to the sport that he was so passionate about. Uh, Robbie McDougall was another guy who was kind of giving my first glimpse of being somewhat of an okay player at the B Provincials when I, when I had a couple goals. <laughs> and uh, Troy Cordingly was my midget coach as well. And um, he kind of instilled a little bit of fire and competitive nature in me. Um, so it's pretty funny and there's so many segues I can get into the Troy thing later on of our, the, the fight scenario. It's a pretty funny story in Toronto when me and my brother, uh, both got kicked out for that. Um, so who, but, who else, who else coached you in midget? Who, who did Troy coach with? With Robbie McDougall. Oh, so, so it, was, it was Robbie and Troy. Yeah. So Robbie okay. is coaching. He brings Troy on and Robbie, he has Dylan. So he's another guy who's coaching these teams. Um, but like just giving back to the sport, like it's amazing. Um, the amount of people we had in Oakville that were just doing things like that. Well, yeah. And like to kind of touch on Bruce, like, I don't know if you were, I don't know if you were coming, but remember we would like, I would go to the school, like we'd go to like Brookdale and do like, the skills like literally pick up loose balls and all that stuff like at the school with Bruce. Cause I remember that's how like, obviously you started playing and I just follow whatever you do or probably dad's just like, you're playing lacrosse now too. Cause Dan is, but like same thing you talk about like Bruce, but yeah, it'd be like 20 kids 
he was like the first guy to even just be teaching like skills like cradling pick up a ball but we'd in we'd be in a school gym i remember like during winter and during like summer it was, it was wild yeah so he would do those pickups try free lacrosse they have now he was doing that back then he would just be come bring your stick i'll teach you the skills not only that on saturday mornings we would go for runs with him he would do somewhat of like those were the best yeah they were the best and he would have us all over like these 12, 13 year old kids would go to his house. We'd play tackle football over by uh, Brookdale. We'd go for runs and he was just an amazing guy. The best was then you just crush popsicles after we'd be running all throughout Oakville. Like we'd meet yeah. at basically Oakville arena and we would just run. So, but think about like, think about how kind of crazy it was. You'd have 15 kids just running around Oakville with this guy leading it. We probably were doing like 5k. Like we were going all over the place. And we'd go back, he'd go into that Fortinos, buy like a 24 pack of popsicles. And then we would just crush popsicles on the Oakville Arena lawn. Yeah. And he would pay for it. Here's the even better story. I'm surprised Krep never told you this story. Uh, this involves John Tavares, like the John Tavares, not senior. Um, we, he called me one day, Bruce. He's like, listen, I'm coaching this team. It was Krep, John Tavares, all those guys. He's like, we're doing a team building. We're going to, we're going to climb the stairs at CN Tower. We got a game that night in Mimico. We're going to go train it in downtown Toronto. I kind of need a second chaperone. Can you come with me? I'm like, I'm guessing I'm 15 at the time. I can't remember. So <laughs> Krep would have to do the math on this and Danny Mack and those guys on how old I would have been when, when Bruce was coaching them. They were a really good team. So we take the go train in. So probably 15 kids, me and Bruce. And uh, we go to the CN Tower. We're going to run the CN Tower. But obviously, this you can't just run it. Like, there's special <laughs> things where you can run it. So that plane goes awry. We take the ferry over to uh, Center Island, and we just kind of have a fun day with the kids, like play dodgeball, tackle football, whatever. We take the go train back to uh, Mimico Lawn Branch, whatever one it is off, and walk to the arena. And then all the parents met us there. So those are the kind of life experience that these minor coaches gave us. And like, it's instilled in your mind, like the passion. So I try to bring that in when I'm coaching uh, my son and the kids nowadays. So without them, like uh, that was the foundation for my love for this sport. Obviously like those guys were huge. And again, like you say, kind of when you coach, like you, you do see that even like when you ran revival and all that stuff, like, Again, it speaks speaks volume for what you do too, as well now with track athletes and stuff. But I remember, I remember watching. I think your one midget game uh, in provincial. I think you scored in like overtime or something. But it's tough for me to like because I have you have a sick memory. My memory's terrible. Um, it's most likely because I'm top five in pims in the NLL. <laughs> my, my memory's not good, but uh, like. You were obviously a, you were a good midget player because you got drafted first overall to Brampton, right? Right. So that was the thing when I said I met Polly. I never really had success till that provincials. Oh yeah, because I remember like, like Stewie. Yeah. yeah, Stewie was the best player. Stewie yeah. was the best player, and for I think he got in penalty trouble. We got kicked out of the game, and I stung a couple on this goal just because my stick was so high. It was just like the perfect matchup. I, I scored like four goals on this Owen Sound goalie. And um, I, I'm, I think it was just perfect timing. The junior A scouts were there from Brampton and uh, Troy kind of 
went to bat for me and said, hey, this guy has a lot of potential. So I do get drafted um, first overall to Brampton. Having said that, that was just strictly raw, like talent. Like I, we had so many rights that I was actually on the left power play um, <laughs> because I could throw up behind the back. So I'm the left shooter on the power play. So I don't understand um, of like dividing the floor, being on the right side. You, you just play, right? So um, I, I go, so I guess we'll go right into the junior eight thing. So I, I do got to give credit to uh, Blair Campbell, Ziggy and Zanny. They're the guys who drafted me. So they draft this young Oakville kid that Max were a B center. So my lacrosse knowledge is not very good. I don't understand spacing. I don't know where to be on the floor. You just, you're, you're just playing the game. So it took me a long time. So I, I played five years, Danny, think about this. I played five years of junior A lacrosse. I played four playoff games. I got four banged my fifth year. <laughs> my summers were over early with lacrosse. <laughs> first, for, you know, in July, I didn't yeah. play a lot of lacrosse. So my first three years, call it first two years, um, I didn't, I didn't just, didn't really know. We had a bunch of coaches coming in and out. And my first practice, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Paulie. Mommy, I call her mommy. That's great. I'm, I'm going to get made fun of her saying that. <laughs> mommy, mommy. Oh, no. My mommy, my mommy, mom. <laughs> After she wiped yeah. your butt and brought yeah, you to the yeah. <laughs> Well, this, this is an even better story. That's a good uh, lead up into the story. All these guys in Brampton, right? They're, they're tough guys. A bunch of OHLers and stuff. She's driving me to the tryouts. So she's sitting in Memorial Arena, the only lady in the stadium. <laughs> so everyone knows it's kind of my mom, right? So I'm in line for a drill. Kenny Webster's the coach, old school Brampton guy, high socks, short shorts, white t-shirt, right? Love that look. Love that look. Oh, hacking darts. Hacking <laughs> darts, right? So... I'm in line. I'm like one of the first guys. I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing, right? I don't know what I'm doing. Just go ahead of me, guys. Excuse me? You, Dawson, first overall pick. You talking when I'm talking? I'm like, sir, I'm sorry, man. I just, I was trying to get the back. You know, now you're, 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 you're back talking me. He chucks a ball into the stands. Almost hits my mother for some reason. Like, he goes, go get the in ball right now, right? So I go up into the stands. I have to get this ball. He's running the drill now. I come back in. I figure out how to do the drill right so we're driving home me and mom and she's like yeah I don't know if you met Mrs. Dawson she's very different than Joe hey Danny um I don't think it's a good idea that you play here anymore that wasn't very nice what that coach did sorry mommy yeah can we just go get milk please in the head home <laughs> that's too uh, good, man what a start Oh man. So what's, I mean, I, the years there were not great, obviously, like you kind of said, but how does, how does it all kind of work leading up to, uh, to the draft? Was there thoughts of, of going to school for lacrosse back then or, or how, how did all that, that work? Well, I didn't start to understand the game until Eddie Como came into the picture. He coached us for uh, three years in Brampton. Unfortunately, he didn't have a lot to uh, work with. And uh, there's that story of Eddie. Um, he's from Hamilton. My buddies were all going out in Hess Village Friday night. We had a game. So I thought it was a good idea to say, hey, Eddie, can you get me right home after the game and meet my boys in Hess Village, right? 
So <laughs> for some reason, I thought that was a good idea. So your coach knows your mind somewhere else right away. Right? So we play the game. We probably get pumped. We get pumped. Um, I'll stop you there. Actually, one time we played Whippy in Memorial Arena. We had six players. <laughs> we lost 27 to zero. Our <laughs> offense was grab the ball, chuck it down the floor. We played house defense for 60 minutes straight. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah, there's some stories from Drew. Junior, like you would shake. I'm dead serious. We had six players, one goalie, and they had Gavin Proud, all those guys. Gene Ash was top 10 in the league in scoring that year. He had like 66. He was like uh, 0 66, I think, with assists. It was crazy. So, getting back to that car ride home with Eddie, uh, he's like, dude, the draft's coming up, and, and these guys are asking about you. And, you know, honestly, Danny, like, there's times where in a game, like, you, you can play like you can play you show glimpses that you can play and then other times like it's like tonight like your head's not in it like what are you doing like and I'm gonna be honest with you I, I can't go to bat for you and I was like one of those moments that like in time I'm sure you look back on your life and why you acted out a certain way during you know trying to find yourself and for me it was like damn it like I think I might have a little opportunity here so that's I got my, my stuff together. And I, from that moment on, I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to put a little effort in here. And I always tell kids when I talk to them, and this sounds kind of funny, but it's true. Like I always had a strong work ethic, always. That's what our parents instilled in us, but it was a very selfish work ethic. I, I worked hard when I wanted to, not when my teammates or my coaches wanted me to, I just was super selfish. And, uh, but at times like I, I would leave people hanging, oh man, he's working hard. He's working hard. He can play, but it wasn't very consistent. And um, so having said that, Wayne Cauley's coaching in Aurelia at the time, and he takes a chance on me. And that's how I got drafted in the sixth round. So that was my fourth year of junior. So I actually had another year of junior. So um, that's how I got drafted into the NLL. Was it like now, did you have to like, did you have to declare or like literally they just call you like, hey, you've been drafted. Like, do you remember? I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think of how it worked back then. Well, um, the carrier pigeon. And, yeah. Uh, I think Telegram came by. There was the, no. He didn't declare. He didn't. He didn't declare anything. He didn't okay. declare anything. I was sitting on Dad's computer. Remember how I used to in um, Dad and Monique's house? It was that computer in the against the wall there on the main floor. Yeah, you were playing Worms, and then he you had your uh, MB3 King of the yeah. Castle playing while you're playing Worms. Absolutely, frosted tips, two hoop earrings, and that that, that was me, man. Puka shells. Yeah, no, I never did the puka shells. No, oh. no, I, I wasn't that hard. But um, <laughs> you would have to refresh the computer. So it'd be like first round, Gavin And then uh, you refresh it. Then all of a sudden, like nine drafts would happen. All the next nine picks would come through. So six, six round would come in and my name popped up. Columbus Landsharks was pretty pumped just by myself. Like, I was kind of downplaying. I thought maybe I'd get drafted. So I get drafted. And the next day, this guy, Chris Bandura, called me and said, we're really excited to have you. And uh, that's kind of how my draft. I didn't go to Madison Square Gardens like Polly on the bus tour. I was sitting <laughs> in the living room, refreshing the computer and hopefully the dial-up didn't uh, cut out on me. That's uh, you. Yeah, you're hoping nobody's trying to use the phone. You're trying to see if you're going to the National League here. Mommy, I mean, mommy, mommy, get off the phone. Meatloaf, right now. <laughs> Never know what she's doing up there. 
I love it. So if Paulie's got here, and I, I I didn't know this, that you you played defense in your first year. Is that right? Yeah, played defense um, my first year in the league. And uh, I played, I think, 11 out of 16 games. Um, so back then, my first training camp um, was in Newtown, New York. Newtown, New York. It's a reservation up there. And uh, my dad printed me out the MapQuest, um, like, sheet. Like sheet, right? So you'd have to follow the sheet. Okay, uh, 403, <laughs> UW, Houston. Uh, so you'd follow the sheet. There's no GPS back then. So I, I pulled into this arena off the highway, and uh, I was working out prior and had to stick in my hands a lot. I would grab a net from uh, Whitey's uh, dad. I would grab Whitey's, and I would break it down. It was, it was kind of connected. It was like a breakaway net, and I would bring it to the tennis court, and I would rip balls, and then I would also go to Robert Dougal's house, and I would hammer balls on this guy's uh, single-car driveway with windows everywhere, balls going into the neighbor's yard, and he didn't care. Like, looking back on it, me and Dylan talk about Dylan would come out and feed me to get me ready for camp. And we talked about this uh, when we were talking about Robbie a couple months ago. He's like, I can't believe what we used to do. Like, Robbie, that's the kind of support, Rob. Yeah, do whatever you guys want, man. And when it came to lacrosse, Robbie didn't care. So that was how I got ready for camp. And I remember, Paul, I pulled in the driveway. There was, I was so early, you know, Dad. Like, if you're yeah. not, if, Dan, if, you, if you're not two hours early, you're, you're late. And Dad is stressing. So we're there two hours earlier. And then finally, I'm like, I think I'm at the wrong place. So finally, this car pulls in. It's Greerzy, Billy Greer's <laughs> there with his girlfriend and her mom. Jesus, really? Yeah. yeah, and I was like, so the mommy comment, who cares about that? This guy's coming with his, his uh, girlfriend's mom and his girlfriend. And we're sitting there I'm like, okay, I think I'm good. He's got a lacrosse bag and a stick. So that was my first training camp in uh, Newtown. All the time. I'm and trying then, to think. But yeah, well, no, no. And then you play, so yeah, you play that season. And then, like, when did you – and obviously, is like kind of take us like a little glimpse, like old NLL, like sleeper bus. Remember, like there was a massive sleeper bus. Yeah. You guys run into the bank, right? Like, just kind of take us through the early NLL days. You're kind of first, like, man, this is this is the NLL, early NLL. Yeah. So we're an expansion team, and I tell people I probably wouldn't be playing in the NLL if I didn't get drafted to Columbus. Sometimes life works out like that where opportunity knocks and, and I don't think if I got drafted to Toronto in the sixth round that I would even had the playing time and, and gain that experience and um, trial by fire that that year in Columbus gave me a huge rep count of understanding the game and having the stick in my hands and actually playing 11 out of 16 games so that was that was the biggest difference for me so um, the old NLL there was um, dress pay and non-dress pay Danny so let's just say you were making a thousand dollars, 16 game season, 16, you would make a thousand dollars a game. If you didn't dress, there was like a mathematical equation where you would only get $300. Okay. Uh, yeah. So fast forward to when we're eliminated by the playoffs, our top salary guys, our owner would sit them. And play no. me because yeah, no. yeah, our captain, our leading scorer, everything, just so he could save that money, <laughs> throw the rookie in there for three hundred dollars, and save that seven hundred. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so stuff like that. Um, 
and we had all rookies almost all rookies except for like Kyle Arbuckle, uh, Neil Palace, Gawash Schindler. A couple guys had some NLL experience for just a couple years. And I mean, I should stop without Kyle Arbuckle. He was, he doesn't get an, um, I don't talk about him enough. He, he kind of took me under his wing. I would go and shoot with him every Tuesday. He was at University of Guelph and he would take me to the dome up there and kind of show me the way. And my first training camp weekend when we were in Columbus after Newtown, um, I got off the bus. I was just jacked. It was like the first time on a bus. We were playing at the big arena nationwide. And uh, I just left my gear on the bus. Like I stopped in my car, went home. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I get home and, and I'm just like, oh, shoot, I, I left my gear, right? And I, you, can't, <laughs> you only have house phones back then. I don't know who to call, right? So like, next week and uh, I called Kyle. He's like, yeah, I got your gear, man. Like, no big deal. So he kind of, I don't know if he thought I was a little bit slower or whatever. He kind of took me on the wing from that weekend on. So when we got paid a uh, 23-man roster, uh, 20 checks were in the bank, no problem. They were drawn from this fund that the owner had. The final three, they were bouncing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So Saturday night when we got the checks after the game every two Monday morning, I'm not lying. It was a race to the bank. It was a race to the bank. And most of the guys were like in school, like Greer's he's at Western because yeah. um, he's at Brock. All these guys are all over the place. So it's funny looking back on it, but like these guys are students. They got no money. Their checks are bouncing. They're getting back credit. They're getting dinged for probably $20 service fee for, you know, a bad check. So that was kind of, I was introduced. I only had that for a couple of years. And then uh, we got into CBA and stuff and got some real good owners in the leagues. But yeah, we didn't know any better. Like we were with Danny, we busted Columbus every single weekend. There was no such thing as a flight. So Columbus is roughly 600 kilometers. So we'd start at uh, Iroquois Park was the first pickup in Whitby. Second pickup is Guelph Flying Burlington. And then one pickup in St. Catharines. And then on our way to Columbus, we would play the game. So that would be on a Friday. Sometimes we would get there uh, from Burlington, six o'clock, sometimes late with snow and stuff. So six hours on top of that midnight, shoot around 8 a.m. the next day. This is off a bus ride. This is a coach bus. You can't lay out, oh right? Guess where our stops are? Flying J and McDonald's. Those are your two <laughs> options to eat. This is the night before a game, Danny. Okay? So we get into Columbus about midnight most <laughs> nights. Can't eat. Columbus is shut down at night, right? You got your Flying J uh, deep dish uh, Chicago-style oh. pizza, or you got your, your McDonald's dirt bag. That's, <laughs> Hot dogs. Oh. Hot dogs that have been spinning on the wheel for four days. You're just yeah. having one of those. And your legs, let's just say your legs are cramping out. And then we'd wake up, shoot around, play the game, and then uh, we would go home. So one weekend, Friday night game, we we did that Thursday. And then Saturday we had off, and then Sunday we were in New Jersey. So as Paul's talking about that uh, hell weekend, we did 2,200 kilometers on a bus in one weekend for a doubleheader. <laughs> yeah, and we won both games. Because we oh, were young, it made us like it brought us together. It was just like, okay, let's the bus show ride it. Like, home. The bus ride home must have just been magical. The bus, yeah. <laughs> the bus. There was, I remember this fridge. There was this fridge on there, and someone died in the fridge at some point during the weekend. And of course, me, right? I 
I was known as a little bit of a prankster. I'm out of the game now. I don't do it anymore. Oh, you're not out of the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I am. I have, I have some needs that I talk to people about. I can't do it. People <laughs> don't think my humor is that funny anymore. So I would just, everyone would be sleeping. I, I creep up. I just open this fridge. <laughs> it, it, it smelled like a morgue. So all of a sudden, like halfway through this trip, everyone starts snapping. It was but it, it was looking back, it was funny. I don't know how we even won a game. After that, how does the move to Arizona go down? Um, next year, Bob Hamley comes in. Um, he's he's the kind of guy who was saw something in me I didn't see in myself, and he 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 moves with Columbus. We were bought by the Coyotes, um, Glendale, Arizona, uh, two thousand four. We actually opened up that arena in 2004 oh, yeah. yeah so we spent christmas there as a team which was really cool so we opened up glendale arena um they almost used it as like um a dry run for the coyotes game and they opened up against nashville predators the next night i think they opened up on the 27th we opened up on boxing day we had about 10,000 fans it was awesome so you have 10,000 fans in arizona you're thinking, here we go. We just hit a home run, right? And uh, we were commuting back and forth that year. The next night, um, we won against Vancouver. The next night, Nashville comes. They play the Phoenix Coyotes. Paulina Gretzky sings a national anthem. She's like 11. Cindy Crawford's there. They got this big tent out in, like, it's the side You're of playing in the NLL field. and Paulina Gretzky's 11? <laughs> yeah, I know. Bad reference. Here. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> Um, so they have this private party after the game. They all bring us there and we're smoothing. For some reason, they let us go to this party. And uh, Kenny G's playing live. They got an open bar, open uh, food, you name it, right? And uh, of course, every time Gretzky's walking by, we're hanging off them. Hey, Gretzky, you got a picture with you? I just, it was cool, man. We had some cool opportunities uh, out in Arizona and um, I lived there for three years and uh, we had a great dressing room and we had some huge success. We had some huge success in Arizona. We went to, the next year, we went to the finals um, when the NHL was on strike. We, uh, we lost to Toronto in Toronto with the rally towels. Were either one of you guys at that game? That, Donville or you? No? no. You, you were even born, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> Do we were to say it? Donville was four when he started playing in the league. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was born in '98. Yeah, '98. Jeez, Louise, you were you always an Oakville guy? I I grew up playing in Oakville, and then I went uh, to Burlington and Bantam. No, uh, I know that. I know, but did you always live in Oakville? We moved when I was in '04. We moved to Oakville, so okay. I was six or five. Okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, so. Did what everybody on this pod did. They screw up in Oakville, realized it wasn't the spot, and then wanted to come do some Burlington living. What a great city this is. I'm so, sorry. I despised the city growing up, Danny. Like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. Yeah. Now, I just love it. You're, yeah, but well, the, it's because you're a Belvinia guy. Of course you love it down there. <laughs> it's a small acre lot on the water. It's <laughs> Yeah, you had to you had to have your butler turn on turn on the iPad before we jumped on. The heated driveways are nice, so in the winter they work out in a while. Yeah, Man, I yes. totally I totally forgot you. I was writing this down because I was like, you lost the championship because we talked about this to Roch 
in the old circus, the game that got changed. And you, yeah. and I forgot that, man, see, it's not bad. I forgot you played in Toronto. I was at that game. Obviously, we're all at that game. I forgot you lost in Toronto, too. Yeah, like I've been in probably like two dozen fights in 20 years. You've been in probably four dozen fights. So don't, don't worry, man. It's all good. So 2005, we, we, we win the West, and I don't think a lot of people were betting on us. We're just a young team. We got Craig Kahn traded halfway through the year. He kind of puts us over the top. Um, I actually, in the Western final, Paul, do you remember, like, I blew out my shoulder. Yeah. I blew out my shoulder, like, one of the last plays, like, AC joint, like, grade three separation or whatever it was. Yeah. And we had two weeks that. between the final, the Western final and the final, and I, I couldn't lift my shoulder. So heading into that game, I was pretty banged up. I'm not saying that's why we lost, but because that Toronto team was untouchable. Like they were so good. They were so deep. They like match here as like their fifth and sixth score. They had three guys with over hundred points. If you look it up, like yeah. shooter, they got a hundred Blaine, That was his best year. Column was just calling. And then you get, I think they still have Jimmy. They had Laddie. Like they still had their core group of guys. Whipper with, I mean, hard pressed to say, you know, top three all time, if not top one, you know, just such a big game goalie. We stayed with them till half and then they ran away with it. It was on NBC. Uh, Emmerich did the game with Shani. It was huge because the NHL was on strike that year. It was a massive, massive year. And uh, it was the first year where I felt like a real professional athlete because all the Coyote staff was like catering to us. And like, it was really cool. Yeah, some of those. So I'm, I've seen. I I wasn't at that game or or watching it when I was a kid, but I seen those clips back. You know, even watching the broadcast, how professional it looked, how it sounded, and just the fans that were there too was like those old school environments that Toronto used to get, and and you know even like the old Philly. It's like it was just like, and obviously Buffalo and they still kind of stand true now. Like it was just like cutthroat those games. It was amazing. Yeah. It- Toronto was that there's a couple buildings. I remember it was 2008 final Portland versus Buffalo. I I can remember how electric that was 2005 in Toronto back in the day, Philly in early two thousands was where they put on the, um, into the jungle. uh, Yeah. Welcome to the jungle by uh, guns Guns and roses. Roses. And like, you felt like they were coming on the floor, like an army of people. They were (laughs) face painted this guy chopper and he knew everything about you. He knew you called your mom, mommy. Sometimes he would be through the glass, spitting that. Yeah, it was crazy, man. So that's the problem with this COVID years, right? These COVID, uh, it, it's tough for the young guys. I want them to experience um, the atmosphere of playing. Like playing's really cool, obviously, whether it's um, small arena, big arena. But when you add fans and the electricity and the sway and the momentum, you you can just feel it. Like when you, when you've played this sport and you've been at sporting events, like you feel the fans and that that's one thing I hope we can return to. And I think the world's kind of got itself figured out finally. So, so yeah, again, back to Arizona, we, we, we lose in the final next year, we lose in the Western final to Colorado and they go on to win it versus Buffalo. And then the, the next year, 2007, we're back in the finals again. And 
Paul already alluded to it. Rochester is the best team in the league by far. They had like, I think they were 14 and two or whatever, maybe 13 and three. Like they went on this ridiculous, I think Eddie said it was like a 10 or 12 game win streak heading into the final. Blue Cross Arena already has the arena booked for the circus. <laughs> <laughs> so they lose home floor advantage. They lose home floor advantage. The finals is coming to us. But they can't, we can't book the finals until we figure out who wins the Western final, right? I think we beat San Jose or someone. I forget who, or who we beat. So they come out to us. And um, we, unfortunately, we had about 10,000. It was a great atmosphere again. A one-goal game. Um, and then all of a sudden, off the draw, here comes this uh, brother-in-law with a loose ball down the alley, dip and dunk like he's been doing since he was five years old at a whippy. And he's celebrating with my sister in the cup in Arizona game, Billy Greer. <laughs> Can you believe that? Rest in peace, Arizona. Because of Billy He folded Greer. the franchise. Yeah, Billy, he folded the franchise. Yeah. So I think there's still a picture in the house somewhere of him in the pool with the team and my sister and they got, he's got the cup over his head and it just, he, he reminds us um, all the time of that, but there is one time at uh, Christmas dinner where my mom just took his soul by accident. We're at Christmas dinner and um, we're roughing him up me and Polly a little bit. Right. Just and all of a sudden she comes over. She goes, "Stop it! Stop it! He's not as strong as you guys." <laughs> so there's no coming back. Fucking, so let's just say his chest goes out to here. He goes, "I can take these guys, Julie." <laughs> Stop picking on Billy. He's not as strong as you guys. She said. Oh man. Do you? Uh, can you? You want to? I mean. Not a lot of people know that Billy Greer is our, our brother-in-law. Oh. Can you do you have do you have it in you to tell a, a, a quick version of the story? I'll do a quick version, yeah. Okay. If you want. Uh I think I think I think the listeners need to hear it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. All I right. think so. <laughs> yeah, you'll take anything, eh, Lobby? Throw it at me. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so Billy, the, the, there's a long, long story, short story, Paul, quick one. Long story, the real story. Yeah. Okay. So my sister is uh, going to school at Brock. Billy's one of my teammates and we're playing in Calgary. My dad comes to every single game on me. My dad comes to every single Arizona Sting game. He goes to every single San Jose Stealth game. Like, he was an animal because my stepmom worked for Canada. So we couldn't afford it, but he would fly standby. So he would fly out Friday to Arizona and uh, he would sit in, in the alley of the seat with his roll on bag. And he would stand there until I acknowledged them that he was there because I always played better when dad was there. So he would stand there the whole time <laughs> and he wouldn't move until I acknowledged him. Then he'd go do his social thing and work the crowd. He'd wake up Saturday, jump on a flight from Arizona to San Jose. And then he would take the flight from San Jose back home to Toronto to work at 5 a.m. the next day. He was an animal, best dad in the world. So he thinks it's a good idea um, to bring Ash out to Calgary. And my sister is straight and narrow as they come. So I'm like, yeah, bring her out. It'll be a great experience for her. She's uh, She needs to just let loose a little bit. So 
um, there was Cowboys downtown Calgary and, and it's different from the one at the casino. It was, uh, it was, it was a good time, like a really good time. The bar would break out into line dance whatever. And uh, so I, she's like, okay, I'm just gonna go back to the hotel. Down. No, you come, come to the bar. The guys are good guys. Right. And I was younger back then single. So I said, you know what? You hang out with Billy Greer. You hang out with Billy. He's, he's the greatest teammate in the world. The classiest guy I know on the team. And uh, so Ash does her thing, and all of a sudden the guy's are like, "Whoa, Danny, um, we gotta talk to you, man. Uh, we got we gotta stop this right now." I'm like, "No, we're good. We have such a good night." And all of them turn around, turn around. I turn around, and um, they are uh, playing tonsil hockey on the dance floor, <laughs> right? So, so I turn around, and it, Danny, it's like the spotlight, like the whole bar is is just on them. And, yeah. and in my mind, it's no one's looking at them. But in my mind, like, oh, my gosh, darn it. So I head over and give them the old shoulder tap. I'm like, listen, this is not happening right here in front of everybody. Ashton, here's 20 bucks, skin a cab. Let's get you back home right away, right? So long story short, uh, he Billy approaches me a month later in Arizona. He's my teammate. He's it's an afternoon game. We we're uh, we're staying overnight, so we had a few drinks. He's like, Dan, I gotta let you know something right now. I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, I've been dating your sister behind your back. I'm like, no, you're kidding. No. You're telling fibs. He's like, yep, your mom and dad know about it. I just never <laughs> to tell you, <laughs> right? I just uh, I just wanted to make sure, you know. And I'm like, oh gosh, whatever. So. Um, now they got two beautiful kids together and uh, I'm so blessed to have an amazing brother in, in Billy. And uh, I, it was true when I said that, go hang out with the classiest guy on the team and he may be the classiest guy in the NLL. I don't know if you had the opportunity of working with or for Billy or being coached by him. He, he's the best and he's the kind of guy who deserves a head coaching job in this league. And I could see him actually one of those guys who does a dual role. He's just that smart and that good. Might be too nice though. Maybe he's too nice. Yeah, I think that's it. It's uh, he uh, he's still he's in my bad books until we make up. But because uh, we both made eye contact from afar at uh, Turtle Jacks in Burlington, and he didn't didn't come over and say hello. So I'm, maybe he'll listen to this. But that's uh, he's he's in my bad books, and then I accidentally tweeted something that he wasn't happy with either. So I think we're in a dual dual bad books, but we'll make up soon for sure. What were you, who are you there with? Why do you go to him? Because I, I just ruptured my Achilles. I'm on crutches in the hot sun having a cold beer. And I, I wasn't wasn't going to crutch over to ruin the family dinner, you know? Why not? He would love that, man. It would make him feel special. Yeah, you're right, I guess. Maybe I wanted to feel special. Maybe I wanted him to come say hi to me. Yeah, but you can't put it on him. You got to the bar with that. Don't oh, take his side. Don't take his side. my brother, man. <laughs> That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. All right, fine. It's my fault. You spun it on me. That's why don't we do? Let's do this. Let's go. We've, we've been with you for a while here already, but I, so I want to go to Portland for a little bit, kind of quick, quick little review, and then we're going to get into Boston a little bit of Boston. And I want to talk Roch quick. We're going to go run through them. Well, we don't even need to, let's, we don't even have to touch on Portland because you're, okay, you're there for a year. Well, Went to the championship and lost. Or do you want to? Oh, we can touch it. Okay, go ahead. It's a weird one because Arizona folds, and then I get dispersed to. This is the start of dispersal, Dan Dawson. This yeah. is the start of dispersal, Dan Dawson. <laughs> so Arizona folds. I get dispersed to Portland. Arizona has a year to come back. 
So I'm on loan for a year, technically. So I go to Portland and that's when Jammer comes into my life, Derek Keenan. Probably the most important person off the floor to come into my life and make me um, a better person and what it meant to be a real good leader. And he is the kind of guy most wins all time and just can handle two hats. He's just the best. He's just the best. And um, he was awesome for me. So we have a great team, RP. We, we go to the finals. I want to say we're six and 10. Yeah. And I looked it up. You guys weren't good in the regular season. Yeah. No, we were six and 10. We were almost NLL champions at six and 10 and we played Pauly first round of the playoffs. Um, so this is Paul's first year out, eh, Paul? Yep. And here he comes down the wing. He stings his first goal. He stings his first goal before I scored. Like, he, he it was a big goal. So uh, it was like a – what was the final score, Paul? It would be interesting to find. I think it was like in the 20s. It was, 20s. Yeah, it was high. Dude, we couldn't – I remember, like, obviously I'm just playing, but, like, we couldn't stop Dan. He had this one shot. He had an underhand shot from, like, the restraining line. Someone stick-checked him. It bounced. Cause went into the butterfly. It bounced over Cause somehow. This goal will be etched in my mind. It was like a slow yeah. bouncer that went over. And it's just like, this guy's going to score 27 goals. Tonight. <laughs> can't stop him. It was crazy. And that was when RP was on his tear too. Like Ryan Powell, he doesn't get enough credit in this league. He was unbelievable. Brody, Brody was there. Pat Jones was our captain. Uh, Dallas Eliak, Scotty Stewart. Like, like we, had, we had a bunch of all three Morgans. And you know, they probably didn't know about these guys. One was 6'10", 6'8", and 6'6" all played like division one uh, basketball two of them played overseas um one went to university of nevada one with the boise state i think pete just went to uh maybe ubc or something yeah, like simon frazier or something yeah like simon frazier anyway so we had a real good team and we lost to buffalo by a goal and that crowd was electric and then derek um had the opportunity to either trade me because he knew he was going to lose me at the end of the year he's like no we're we, i know i'm going to lose you anyways we're going to we're going to go to the championship and win it so we were goal shy so anyways then i get dispersed to um boston right i think yeah, yeah probably i get yeah. dispersed to boston yeah so uh and uh that's how we started going to boston so I'm still in three years. I go this championship game three out of four years. I'm thinking, man, I don't think I'm ever going to win one. So now I'm going to an expansion team and I kind of got to press the reset button. Um, but they, they get Daryl Veltman, first overall pick. They get the first pick in the, in the dispersal draft. And then another team folds like kind of halfway through training camp, Chicago. And guess who their starting goaltender is? Anthony Cosmo, who's probably, you know, one. I think he's the best summertime goalie of all time and he was one of the greatest NLL goalies of all time so he started the team off with a pretty good um, core there and we had some success we were 10 and 6 in our first year uh, three other teams but we just could never get out of the first round we just I don't know what it was hey Paul we just yeah. we just couldn't get out like Buffalo was just so good JT was just so good back then there's that story of JT like I think he was he was hurting a bit, so he went to the room. He's kind of like, they were up by three. We came back with, we were like maybe tied in. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll go head back out. I think he stung like another two just to kind of cement a bit. <laughs> like one of those JT legendary stories. Um, but yeah, so the, that's kind of how I got to Boston. And then, I mean, when you're there, it's we kind of, Paulie's got the notes here that you, 
kind of transitioned your game before going to Roch, like as to kind of more of a, like a playmaking passer sort of thing. Was that, was that kind of a, something that somebody sat you down and talked about or something you noticed yourself to kind of start changing or, or how did that work? Yeah, I, w- I definitely was more of a goal scorer heading in into that year. And then I thought that what the team needed was more of like a quarterback, someone who could be a floor general and uh, disperse the ball a little bit more, carry the ball a little bit more. Um, I was more of like a power forward um, goal scorer. I wasn't really much of a feeder. My final year in Arizona, I, I kind of got better. I think Curtis Dixon's done a great job of that. Like Curtis Dixon was the same way. Like Curtis Dixon would have like 60 goals and like 15, 20 assists. Now look at him. I think, yeah. yeah, I'm a huge fan of Curtis Dixon, man. Like he, he's changed his game and evolved his game into becoming a way better passer. Um, and I think that's kind of w- what I've done. But I also maybe it hurt my game a little bit where um, I'm not as aggressive or um, as I used to be. Maybe I'm shopping a little bit too much from the outside. But anyways, we had some success and uh, it was another, it reminded me a lot like the Columbus years. We had a bunch of nobodies. We had a bunch of nobodies that had a lot to prove. And I think that's what made us and how tight we were off the floor. Um, I, speak, I think that speaks volumes into your success on the floor. Right. You know, you know, when you're in a good room, like, you know, when you're in a good room, it's not like forced. It's not forced. And like you guys are hanging out and you're eating together. You want to be around each other. It's just real and authentic. And that's what we had in Boston. Um, so, and Tommy Ryan was there first coach and he was awesome. He was an awesome guy, man. He thought outside the box. I remember how mad we got at him first weekend in Newark. Cause he made us uh, wear full equipment on game day shoot around. <laughs> Is there is you you get in there and you tell Kazi, of course Kazi was so emotional. You tell him we're never doing this again because I think we got we got ran out of the building too, didn't we, Paul? Oh yeah, we got yeah, yeah we got crushed uh, like eight, 18, 12. <laughs> so of course, well, you know what you do, you blame it on the full equipment, right? Nothing to no do with problem. your performance, like most lacrosse players. You, oh, it's the first thing we do. Oh, okay, it's because we were out of sync because of our uh, routine, right? Yeah, and. uh he, he was awesome. I, I really liked Tommy Ryan. He thought outside the box. He, they brought in the, the, the tuxedo rule for him. He probably the suit rule because he yeah. would have the unbuttoned shirt, Danny, almost like to the belly button. So, yeah, I, I wish there was old clips of him. I wonder if you could find some, but he would wear like his shirt was wide open, like barrel chest almost, right? <laughs> and then finally the came down the mandate that you'd have to have like a shirt and tie. So... Yeah, we had some fun times in Boston. But I'm sure Paul is, you know, and listening to Nikki and those guys and reliving those times in Boston was really cool. So, so that's that kind of my time in Boston. I know you want me to fast forward or we could end this and I can come back, but I don't want to take too much of your time because I know how valuable this uh, airtime is on this podcast. Oh, fuck. Here we, no, we're, you think we're getting out of it before I, we get into when we get together in Rochester and I get to, <laughs> I get to meet the hummus man? I think we got to start diving into those years. But, I mean, even before – so how, do you, how did you get to, to Rochester and then maybe kind of take us through um, getting that, that Champions Cup and being able to, to experience that with Paul? Well, I, I, they would kill me in Philly. I still dispersed again. So oh, Boston God. Falls, I, dis, I get dispersed to Philadelphia for a year. So I go to Philly and uh, reconnect with Polly because Polly got traded in his third year and Jamie went through um, 
the restricted free agency, how he blew that out of the water, right? Paul was the big cause of that. He drove up salaries. So yeah. Paul's, I mean, uh, everyone can thank Paul for these salaries going up, right? Welcome, boys. <laughs> and I think Calgary paid your signing bonus. Like, we still got to figure that one out. They did. It, it was bizarre, man. They gave me, Calgary gave Denver me $10,000 and then, then traded me to Philadelphia. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I never really understood that one. So, me and Polly reconnect. So that was awesome because <clears throat> Danny, I was, I guess I should go back on uh, Jamie. I, I can continue Jamie's story about offering Paul and Terry offering Paul that money. So when they offer Paul that money, I call uh, me and Paul are talking, obviously he's like, Danny, like Jamie and Terry just called me. They're going to offer me this. I'm like, Holy crap. That's a lot. That, that's good, man. Like I'm proud of you. That's great. So I call, um, Doug Refue and I'm like listen dude uh take my salary take the money out of it pay Paul with that we need him people play six inches taller with him 20 pounds heavier with him he's you know he's he's one of our leaders we need him nope no Paul signed that contract he wants to be in Philly I go or in Toronto I'm like Doug I'm telling you like he he wants to be here man but like the money's in front of them. Like you guys don't know that no one's ever done this in restricted free agency. Like Jamie doesn't care. Like he, he wants a winning team. Don't use Paul as a pawn. I'm telling you, take the money from me and we can keep him. Nope. He signs that contract. He wants to be in Toronto. So I was so mad, man. Like, uh, you know, mad Dan, right? It happens twice a year. <laughs> oh, I've seen him. I've seen those wires yeah. cross. Yeah, there's there's one time in the Champions Cup, Paul can tell you about Matt Dan. I, I lost my mind. I still feel bad about that lobber. Um, I can tell that story later. But um, so, anyways, like, no, so they've made up their mind already. They don't care because they couldn't use the budget as a thing. Because I said, take it from me. I don't, I just want to play with them. Like, it didn't matter. So he does his thing. And then I get dispersed to Philly. So we reconnect. And we had a great team in Philly. Like, Drew Westervall was so nasty. Uh, Brennan Mundorf, Ned Crotty was just coming into his own. Brody's there, our leader. Um, Brennan Miller's our goalie. T Ray, like, we're right there. We're right there. Um, unfortunately, we just we couldn't get by Roch in the first round. We lost to them by a goal. They go on to win it. And then I get into um, a contract dispute with Philly. So I, I'm, I sit out my first training camp. We decided like we just we couldn't get a deal done. Me, Tony, and the organization, we just time it passed. And I sat out the first weekend. And next weekend, I get a call and uh, I'm gone. I'm gone to Philly. And uh, me saying, God, I, I had to bring my little brother with me. I guess I, I got Paul involved in the trade. I sat out and poor Paul, I got sucked into the trade because of his uh, greedy older brother. So. <laughs> He's, you yeah. saw you saw what Paulie was getting offered. You said I'm not I'm not signing until I get that. Yeah, exactly right. This I guy's got one goal. I got five hundred. Jesus Christ! <laughs> give me the money, Johnny. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say you called you called your G or you called Jamie and said, "Are you like you know you didn't offer me that right? Like you got the wrong brother here." Yeah, you put exactly. Paul is supposed to say Dan. I think Jamie. <laughs> So we get traded to Philly. Um, I don't even know the trade, Paul. Do you trade remember? to Roch. Or sorry, to Roch from Philly to Roch. Um, oh, what a trade. That was a blockbuster. It was yeah. a big one. Like Paul Rabel. Um, 
it was for four guys, but I can't remember. Like no one ended up really ever playing. Yeah, yeah. There was Rabel one draft. Was, Rabel was a big one. It was us two for yeah. four guys and maybe like a draft pick or something. Yeah. So they go to Philly and then we go to Roch and then that's how it all came together. So, um, it, it was. I think it was hard for me and Paul. I don't want to speak for him, but um, they win the year before Dan, and it's the first time I've gone to a winning organization. Whenever I've won before, um, they've never won the year prior. So this was new waters for me. So as, as, as a new player into a championship team, you don't want to ruffle any feathers or mess with any of the feng shui. So I just didn't want to get in the way. And the first couple of games, I was real quiet, um, both statistically and kind of on the floor and just trying to find my way, just not getting, try not to get in the way. So then finally, Hazer, he sent me down. He's like, listen, do you, do you, man. That's why we brought you in here. I know, I know what you do. You're, you can defer. You don't need to be the guy. I get that. It's unselfish. It's cool. But at the same time, like you're hurting us. Like you, we need you. Right. So um, that year we didn't have a huge success. Eh, Paul? We were probably 500. We yeah, were like, so I think we're, yeah, I think we we're 500, maybe one game. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I got to interrupt you. Cause I'm, I'm howling now at this trade at Paulie saying, I don't think any of these guys really played. Oh, <laughs> Dan Dawson and Paul Dawson from Philadelphia returning the other way, Robbie Campbell, a second round draft pick, Jordan Hall and Joel white who have both gone on to play. Okay. Probably 200 games. <laughs> okay. Sorry. And Paul so, I, I don't know Robbie Campbell, but it's uh, no Robbie never played. Robbie never no. played. Yeah, he was a West Coast guy, but he never played. Um, anyway, so both both teams won. Both teams won, right? Yeah. Um, Jordan Hall, what a great player he was, and I like Joe Boy too. They're both awesome players, and I yeah. like Paul Rabel too. He's just too too big. Second millionaire. Well, Hall he's the second. Yeah, he's the second million dollar lacrosse player of all time. I was the first. It just took me thirty years. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's uh, well and, and that's not even taken into the value your house has gone up on Bellinia <laughs> since then oh man it's all for my kids um so when we go to Roch, we're uh and three i think to start the year i get that talk from hazer we kind of get our stuff together we get eight and eight and then um we we beat uh, we face philly i think the first round right paulie we that's, face philly well, yeah and that's where that goal Lomi just posted that clip. That's where that goal comes from. And it's funny because, like, I don't, I mean, you don't celebrate. I don't, first of all, I don't really score goals. But when I do score, I, I really are celebrate too. But I think just because we were playing Philly, yeah. and it was actually a big goal too. I just went, just went absolutely mental. It was I was screaming. It was a huge goal. I think, I think it, you guys were either up one, I think it was, or tied. And it, like, it was like, like nine, that. eight or eight, eight or something. And just, you, you gave him the old point down the floor. Go, <laughs> go. I think you were just saying, get it deep. But he he took it as I'm taking this to the rack. <laughs> Did you see the parting of the seas? Like what oh. rewatch that? I remember I, you got to see, I remember watching that goal and I was just like, no one's going up. No one's, no one's going to him. Yeah. And he does his dip and dunk over the goalie dive goal. And like the, old, Oh, like it was, he was jacked. And of course, like the team traded you right. And, um, 
there's some emotion tied to that. So you don't want to lose to them because now you're fighting for Kurt and he's or who believe in you. They want you. And then you feel like you create this narrative of like, yeah, Philly didn't want us. We got to show them like, you know, like you create these stories in your mind to draw some emotion out of yourself to get to the next level. So we beat them and then we head out West and uh, we're playing in Langley in the final. They have a pretty good crowd. Hey, eh, Paulie. Yeah. It was the, yeah, they have a pretty good crowd. And uh, we, we started to get to know Kurt a little bit that first year, um, me and Paul. And then, so this is a great story about Kurt. So we're, we're in Langley. We're staying at this, uh, you know, deep Kurt is right. Like he's so deep and I like it. I love yeah, it. Cause I, 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 Paul knows I eat, I eat that stuff up. So we're staying at um, down at the water in new Westminster where he won the mental cup. And that's why we're staying there. So it's, it's, it's not even close to Langley. Everyone's wondering why we're staying there. But then we get the backstory of like the aura of like, we won here with the Minto and that's why we're staying here. So we're hanging out, walking around New Westminster. And he's like, where's everyone's family? And everyone's like, yeah, man, flights are so expensive. Like, you know, it was just like, we couldn't get out here. We only had a week to figure out they were going to be fine. It's like, well, whoever wants to come, I got you. So like we're picking up the phone, we're like second cousins, whoever we want to <laughs> like, come to the game. Hey Steve, you remember me from grade two? You want to come see me play? Yeah. So like so thankful. Like those are the little things that meant so much to Kurt is like he wants your family to be part of the experience. And that's why I love playing with him. Like he he was all about family and like meals and like just bringing everyone together. So he, that's the, how cool it was. So we're crushing them at halftime. I, it was like 11, five or something, maybe eight, three, whatever it was. And then they come back and the end of the game, um, they strip J-Dub on a clear and they get like one or two good looks on uh, Vino and Vino stands up on his head and we win the game and Cody's just Cody. And I mean, probably one of the biggest big game players of all time. He wins the MVP and uh, me and Paul, we've talked about this numerous times. It was, it was a relief. It was just like, man, thank God we got one. I'm 0-3. I finally got one. Um, we got to experience it with dad and our wives. And that was really cool. And, uh, but it wasn't like over the top. We were just in the Langley dressing room and we had some pints after, and then we continued on to the hotel and it, you know, it was, it was pretty low key. Um, and then the next year, uh, this would have been part of their three people. But for me and Paula, it was our back to back year. So um, we, we had a really good season. I want to say we were uh, 12 and four. Yeah. Something um, like that. Yeah. We were five, really so. good. We, we got our stuff together. We, we had a great um, regular season and uh we make it to the finals and uh, we're playing Calgary and they have Evie, they have Dix and they have a real good squad. And uh, we're facing Buffalo. We get a bye. Sorry, I'll, I'll backtrack there. Uh, we played Buffalo in uh, Buffalo and did we, no, we lost Paul, didn't we? I think we lost cause it, it's now it's the mini game, Danny. So I, we have a home and home at Buffalo and for sure we lost in Buffalo and we come back to Raj because we were the higher seed. So if it needs to go to the mini game, you're at home. So we lose in Buffalo. And then we come back to Raj and we're doing very well. I go to the net and I get knocked 
out. I am out in the air, hit the turf, mouth guards going flying. I, I, I don't know where I am. I'm in Cancun, Mexico, right? <laughs> Steve, Lo- Steve Lofsinger comes over to me. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine, right? So he's like, stay down, stay down. So he, he takes me off the floor. I remember being in the training room and that's, um, I remember people talking about John Tavares getting emotional. I started getting the mad emotions of the concussion, right? I started, I started swearing. I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, where am I? Like, what just happened? Like, everyone's holding me down. Like, calm down, calm down. You had a concussion. You got knocked out. Um, so then I, I, I come to about 10 minutes later. This is in the second quarter. So there's a big lull at halftime. And the guys all come in the room. How you doing, Danny? You're good. And I'm fine. So I know where I am now. So I got to go to the doctor. I'm like, all right, man, I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> He's like, he laughs. He's like, you ain't going anywhere, right? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I ain't going anywhere. So I, I go in the room and I, I just give the speech to the guys. I'm just like, uh, do, you know, I do your thing. And I just knew they would win. Um, we crushed them heading into the mini game and the mini game was close. And did, or did Vitarelli score like in overtime, Paul? Vitarelli had a massive, massive goal. Yeah, I think I... I can't remember, but I think he he had the one. I think he had the one behind the back, didn't he? That was Calgary, wasn't that it? That was Calgary. I was in Calgary. This okay. was on his wrong side okay. over Kazi's shoulder. I, I yeah, remember yeah. it clear okay. as day of watching it from the training room. So we beat Buffalo. We go out to Calgary. We're in the finals. So the same situation. We have the higher seed. We're in Calgary first game. They come to us. If it needs to go to mini game, we got home floor advantage. Um. God bless you, Steve Lobsinger. Does he listen to this pod? Do you guys know your viewership or no? no For could. sure he does. He's I'm the sure he loves it, yeah. Lobs does. And uh, Lobber is one of my favorite guys. He's the kind of guy who has kept me healthy and active this whole time, and I love him to death. He's a dear friend of mine. He's a, master, he's a master of fixing you without touching you. Yeah. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the old finger on there. So um, we're out. I, I don't get cleared to play the first uh, the first game, right? And in my mind, I'm playing the first game. This is a week later. This is a week later. This is this is stupid. This is the competitive Dan and um, let my emotions get the best of me. Um, I think I'm playing. Right. I'm doing everything I can from the moment I woke, I went home Saturday night. I was preparing to play in the finals because that's what you do as a player. Like you prepare from September on to get to this big dance. And now I can't I can't play it. I'm like, no, I'm going to play it. Um, but it's a head injury. Right. You're stupid to think that way. But I was uneducated. I let my emotions get the best of me. And um, this is 2014. So we fly out to Calgary and we're eating at the, the team meal. And I'm still in my mind, I'm playing. The team has already decided kind of behind closed doors that I'm not playing. I'm not getting cleared. It's the right thing to do. It's stupid. Right. Um, but they, they know I'm pretty hot about it. So they're, I think they're kind of coddling me a little bit and they don't, they didn't really have the tough conversation of like, listen, Dan, you're not playing shut up. I know you're doing everything right. You're on the bike, you're, you're hitting your benchmarks and your, your memorization, all that stuff, but you're still not playing. Right. They didn't really have that conversation with me. So I still think I'm kind of an opportunity to play in Calgary. So we're at the team meal and I, 
Flabber's eating and I, he's eating, right? We got the flight. I'm just like, I'm fucking playing tomorrow. He goes, you're not playing tomorrow. I go, put the fork down right now. We're going to treadmill right fucking now. And I'm going to run as, as, as long as you need me to run. And you're going to click every benchmark and every tick box you need. I'm fucking playing tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Guy's just trying to have lunch, man. He's just trying to eat. (laughs) So I've lost my mind at this point. And it doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen often, right? And there's there's some people around to see this. There's some people around. I'm full-blown suck attack with lava, right? So I march him up (laughs) to the gym at the Weston in the Calgary. I get in my gear and he's putting me on the treadmill at the check mark and I start cranking it up. <laughs> I'm cranking out like a serial killer. I'm like, you want more? You want more? <laughs> I'm playing tomorrow. You want more? Right? So I get off this treadmill and uh, he does his thing. He knows I, I'm like, I've lost my mind obviously over this situation. So Hazer finally tracks me down. He come in the room right in. This is the first time Hazer's really given it to me. And he gives it to me. He gives it to me hard. He goes, listen, you're not playing. Had a few choice words for me. And if you know me, that's what you need to do to me, right? You just need to like, you need to have real talk with me and tough talk. And I, I'll respect you more, right? So I'm like, sorry, Mike. Yeah, that was an oversight by me. I was stupid. It was selfish, right? So I go and I apologize to Stevie. And we still joke about it to this day. But man, I've, I've looking back on that, I felt so bad. But I created this narrative again that I was playing. So I'm not playing that game. We get, we get shelled. We get killed. We get killed by Calgary and Calgary. And my billet, I'll never forget the story. My billet's in front of me at the game. We're in the box. He's at the Hill Academy. And he, um, he's wearing a Calgary rough next jersey because he's from there. And I'm now I'm just like even creating this more narrative. I'm going to show my billet. I'm going to show everybody. I'm back next week. I'm going to get played. So we, we beat them game one at home now and Roch the next weekend. And then it goes to that mini game. They sting too quickly early. It's two, nothing. We're like, holy jumping. And then Craig point and shade up do their thing. And, and we end up winning the game. And again, Fino does like a last minute, save, last second save on Curtis Dixon and he's jumping. And then that's when I start crying. Like I'm bawling my eyes out, obviously because of the concussion and um, me not playing, but also that was the, that word was real. It felt like, we kind of earned it a little bit more than the, the year prior because we didn't just come to the championship team and, 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 you know, just jump on the bandwagon of the Nighthawks being the champions. So that, that second year was super emotional for both Paul and I, and uh, it, it was awesome. And then uh, the best part is Lobber was like, Hey, why'd you start bench pressing too? <laughs> it's not part of the test, but yeah. <laughs> You want me to do 1,000 push-ups? I'll do 1,000 push-ups with my shirt off. Oh, man. Yeah. And wow. so next year, um, so we're the huge fan of the mini game, right? Absolutely. Rochester is, we we love the mini game. So the next year, we make it to the uh, Eastern final, and we play Toronto. Um, Toronto has a better record, so we're in Toronto. Um, and they're crushing us. Or who's crushing? I think... Yeah, we beat them in Roch. Yeah, we beat them in Roch because Steele was born that night, the night before. And then we're in Toronto because they have the better record. So they're beating us to make it 1-1. Then we're off to the minigame. And poor Stephen Keogh takes like a holding penalty with like 30, 40 seconds left in the game. It's like a nothing penalty. 
and it carries on to the mini game. So they did that to protect guys. Like if the game was out of hand, we're old school, maybe Paul Dawson or Billy D would take someone's head off so they couldn't play in the mini game. <laughs> and uh, so the, the penalty carries over. So, I mean, Steph LeBlanc, boom, boom, boom. It was like, ding, one, nothing in the mini game. And they rifled off eight in a row and every shot they took, nothing on being a concept. Yeah. So now we hate the mini game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, now we hate the mini game. It's the stupidest thing in the world. And uh, so that was kind of the last little success we had in Roch. Um, the next year, um, the next couple of years were kind of rebuilding years. We missed the playoffs. Um, when did you come in? So that would have been 15. I was when 17. You, you were 17. Yeah. So 15, we had some success. 16 was kind of like a rebuild year. And then 16, you came in, uh, you had keys to the franchise. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> that's when we got to know each other right and then we just every road trip from then on out it was just the the three of us unless like paul i mean paulie would randomly not like i think the your paulie would have to you were working a lot of wednesdays hey eh, that year so yeah. like the practice ones it would just um dano and i would get stuck together with those trips i mean again we've uh, i don't want to go on too we don't need to get too de- deep into it but man it's those some of those those drives, because back then I had the company car too, right? So I'd be, we'd be just ripping that little slinging cheese, slinging. That's when I was selling dairy products, and we we're just the, those road trips, two and a half hours of just recapping what I did the previous week or who, or what was going on. And it was uh, as a rookie, that was the most fun, right? Because you get like you have two guys, two vets that are bought into just wanting to, and almost thriving off these little stupid stories I'm telling about the bar the week before or whatever. It was. Uh, those were good. But times. for the record, hey, so Dylan Evans and these guys, did we, we did not bully you into driving your car. Didn't I offer every single weekend to drive? I don't, I, th- I think you might have offered to be saying that you offered. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now Evie's going to think it's true, man. <laughs> look at you two way bullying this guy. You know what's funny weekend. is, is, uh, well, because like obviously I'm doing that because I, you know, gas is free and then you're, you know, as a lacrosse player trying to make ends meet, I'm then expensing the mileage as well. But it was almost once <laughs> we're in the Rochester and I'm on practice roster at that point too. So I'm getting thrown basically a $20 bill every two weeks. And I, I, I threw Polly like a little subtle chirp when we were in the office at, at the ILA, like, Oh yeah, Polly's making me drive again. And he like, he like came back at me. He's like, yeah. Cause like, it's a work car. You don't have to pay for gas. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> don't say that in front of our expense person. <laughs> he didn't mean that he didn't mean that and i was i mean i told the story earlier but man when we went to that rochester americans game and you jump into a freshly made hotel bed with a full rotisserie chicken and just a jar of hummus i mean going absolutely knuckles deep and you're just you look over you're like what what's up (laughs) dude i had a bag of veggies too i had a bag of veggies oh my god it was unbelievable. So it was organic free range chicken in a, in like the carry out bag rotisserie and then a bag of uh, broccoli, carrots, cauliflower. And I like hummus. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was, it was gross because I didn't have utensils. So that added to like, well, and I think the choice to ignore the desk and the chair and sit right in your bed with a rotisserie <laughs> chicken on your lap was complete serial killer tendency. Yeah, that is definitely fair. That is definitely absolute blatant disregard for respect for the hotel staff. You are right. I apologize. I should well, not have and done even, that. 
even on top of that, just, I mean, you got to sleep with your rotisserie chicken fingers that night, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I own that one. That was, uh, that, yeah, that wasn't the best move by me. I should have yeah. sat up, but like, yeah. That was, uh, that was quite the tough year though. I think overall, like just, I mean, we lost jammer and then, yeah, you know, but I, I still remember like, I, I, you know, as it got like, again, like, I think it's kind of one of those interesting things, like you said, where opportunity kind of knocks, like for me, it was, you know, obviously you want nothing but people to be healthy, but for him to like get hurt. And then it's like, then I get to start playing more um, yeah. and start to learn more. Right. Like I, I still remember, you know, when he, when he got hurt at in that in that Toronto game, and you kind of like pulled the whole team and like flipped everyone around on the bench, you're like, "Listen, like he's you know he's hurt again, but we have to win this game, and we're going to win this game for him, and we're going to keep going," kind of thing. And it's one of those things where you start to learn, right? You learn kind of what it actually means to play in the NLL. At first, it's like you're excited because you're a kid in a candy store, and then it's like, okay, this is this is a business, and we got to do this for everybody that's here. So it was that was a special year for me, I think for sure. Well, and obviously the next year too, but. Yeah, he, I mean, I can't speak enough about what a warrior that guy is now. He's one of the best leaders in the game. And I said it before, I Colin Doyle, Cody Jameson, it'd be hard pressed to find two more clutch offensive players to ever play the game. And one thing, here's a story from our, our, our mini game against Calgary that people don't know about. Like, they're locking off Cody. Cody's on the bench. He, you know what he says? Boys, I'm going to take my man to center it gives us a better advantage four on four. Let I'm out. You guys got this. People don't realize how unselfish he was. You know, he just wanted to win too. Like he was a competitor, like he was a competitor. And uh, I love playing with that guy, man. He, he's so good. And um, to see him get hurt and come back from it, it that's got to inspire you too. Right. So, and those years in Raj were tough um, in the later years because we had so much success early. And then in 2017, my boys are born. I got three kids in 18 months. And I, and I, there's a time in my life where, you know, I struggled with balance too, right? And uh, the extracurriculars. And <laughs> my extracurriculars were not going to the bar until four in the morning. My extracurriculars were changing, you know, <laughs> 16 diapers in a day. <laughs> and uh, trying, to balance, <laughs> trying to balance workouts, um, work at the fire hall, travel to Roch. And um, I... What a great learning experience for me and ultimately probably forced my hand out of Rochester is I, I just couldn't do it all. I try to do it all still and um, trying to please everyone. Um, I just couldn't do it. And uh, my game suffered at the hands of that. And then then as you grow and you find your niche and you find your rhythm again, and, I, and that's how kind of how the SAG ends. I get traded to Saskatchewan and then on to uh, San Diego and then ultimately in Toronto. And uh, I mean, we could keep going because there's so many little tidbits of why things happen and uh, timing and all that stuff, but I'll leave it to you guys. I think, uh, well, I mean, again, and it's obviously it's no disrespect to kind of any of those teams at the end either, but it's, I mean, we've had you for an hour and a half here. And, but my, my favorite thing about what you can pull off is these insane little pranks you used to do. I talked about one last episode with Belial where you called me and had me on the phone for 45 minutes talking about changing my game because you said you were Kurt Styers and 
you know, walking me through or the, I got, I think I got a voicemail from you like a year ago. I hadn't worked in cheese in three and a half years. And I get a, I get a missed call from a random number and a message. like, Hey, I'm looking for some dairy. Hopefully you can call me back. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) You got to walk us through how, like you, you've had some incredible pranks. We've got them here, like a few here, but what's like top of your mind. What's your favorite one you've, you've pulled. The amount of times I've been, John Gelati from Inside Lacrosse is outrageous, outrageous, outrageous. And um, I apologize. I mean, still to this day, some people don't even know. I remember me and Secor calling this guy, Rick Wilson, our assistant coach, and we're like, hey, Ricky, it's uh, John Gelati, Inside Lacrosse. Uh, talk to us about the one-two punch you got going on there with the goalie system. You know? And he would just go off for like half hour and like we would record <laughs> it. We never told him, eh? Like we never told him. Like little things like that, just that we found funny, maybe weren't funny to other people. So um, the biggest one was, uh, I, is probably the Pat Merrill one. And now me and Pat have a, a little bit of a history, right? Like Pat is one of the best leaders I have ever played with. He was the guy that would get the hairs on my neck going and get me fired up. And he was bleeding. He was a warrior too. This man would fight. He wouldn't win many fights, but man, he would, he would fight and his shins were bleeding every single game. And one of the best teammates ever played with. And had the, you know, the opportunity to play for him in San Diego. Awesome guy. Having said that, um, he showed me that, you could get under his skin real early uh, off and off the floor. So I started in the world championships. I stole his bed in Manchester, England, <laughs> and uh, I stole his bed and he knew it was me, but it wasn't me. It was one of my henchmen. And uh, <laughs> I can't say who it was. I don't want to sell him out to this day. We stole his bed and he couldn't find it for like a full day. And he was just, <laughs> his mind. so we played the next year in, in Czech Republic and we did the old box spring trick that Paulie talked about with uh, Matt Holman flipped his box spring. So when he jumped on it, he would just fall right through. <laughs> but I come home from a night from a 24 hour shift at the fire hall. He's one street over from me. I come to the stoplight. I always look down the street at Patty's house. Just before I turn left onto my street, I see his car on. This is January. I'm like, this is too easy. So I go, I park my car around the corner. I run to his car. I take his car, (laughs) right? I take his car. I wheel around the corner. I'm behind this tree. It's like the perfect situation. I can see the front of his house and I'm in his car. So here comes Robin. Amazing wife. I love Robin. She's in her nightgown and she's like, Patrick. The car is gone. Like I see, I can hear it and I can see her lipping it. Right. And here comes little Finn in his diaper in January, like no shirt, no nothing. Cause she runs back in the house. Now Finn's out of the house. And here comes Patrick to the front door with that sour look on his face. I come screaming around the corner, fishtail it out of there and uh, give him the finger as I, as I hammer on the gas, he didn't even move. He just did the old shake his head at me. So I parked the car. He wouldn't talk to me for like <laughs> two months. Like he, he was so mad at me. Like I couldn't believe it. So I haven't got him since, but I got a feeling someone from the league is going to be calling him about uh, either some uh, tampering charges or uh, someone from a story about uh, something going on here. Yeah, he, he needs money. I was, that's, that's another good, I mean, good follow-up is are, are you still retired or are you just saying you're retired so you're not getting accused anymore 
No, I, I've been re- semi-retired. I've dabbled, but I, I've never been like back in it where I've thought about it long because I, sometimes I go overboard and uh, I got to be careful. I got to be careful. So my, my, sense of, my sense of humor, <laughs> what I think is funny may not be funny to most people. So I just got to be careful. So I quit the game for a while and uh, I talked to the right people about what I need to do. So Oh, that's beautiful. All right, we won't go into the retirement prank that got you in there, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we we found this boundary. Yeah, no, we won't talk about that. But yeah, man, this has been an hour and a half. I think that's uh, that's the perfect goodbye to this man. Again, some great stories, and uh, you know what? I think this will shed a different light on you from the fans get to know you and maybe they will start liking you who knows but yeah we've done everything in our power yeah Yeah. we've done everything in our power to make sure they didn't like you but i think uh i think this will kind of flip it and i think i mean the more i'm thinking about it like just kind of reading too because i I mean i'd love to pick your brain on summer ball and i think that's a good i think a good idea is maybe to start you know once the nll is in the off season is to start kind of rolling through more summer ball senior a junior a focused episodes and kind of get you back on here because that's that, that stuff's just not talked about enough yeah, and I think senior—I hate to say it, man—I think senior ball is is going in a different direction, and I don't think um, it gets the the respect it deserves from the young guys. And that's no disrespect to all the young guys out there. It's just it's different because the LL and the PLL—it's so big. It's not because the young guys don't respect it. It's just there's so many different avenues and other leagues to play in. Um, junior ball will always be junior ball, right? That's the feeder system. Like you need to go through the junior ball and the mentos and that stuff, but. Um, I guess I, there's a couple of things with the intro I would like to um, just to add. Yeah. And these are the, these are the three, these are the three things I want to be known for, Uh, please. Okay. One, I invented ones. I invented ones. Do you, oh my God, you're going to be so mad about this. No, no. I invented ones. Go. Okay. Go. We, we were, we started playing ones like when I was at practice the other day. Yeah, and one of our rookies who will name, name, remain nameless goes, "This is the fucking stupidest game I've ever played. We don't, we don't even get shots." I'm like, "You shut up right now! You shut up!" Do you like it after though? Oh or yeah, no? then we start. Then we got like, then you start getting up to because he yeah. was getting mad because he got double ended twice, right? Where it started from the one end, we scored right yeah. before him, and then the both guys scored right before him coming the other side. So we, he's like, I'm, "I don't even get to shoot. This game's stupid." But then we got okay. into five and he was having a blast. He learned what the money ball was. And it yeah. Kept good. So it started in Revere in Boston with Nikki Rose. Nikki Rose would soak shots all day long. And at the end of it, after he can't even move and his hands are swollen, like we would be like, okay, I just like, all right, Nikki, you know what? We're going to play this game once. There's, there's 10 of us out here. We're going to go. We need to score one. You stop us all. We're out of here. If we score one, now we got to score two. Uh, three four but my game on ones is when it gets to five it resets back to one okay right so we could be there for a while so my the original game of ones there's always a reset at five but not a lot of people do that no. so i i would i'm gonna go on record i'm gonna say okay, i invented there you are. in revere in mass with with nikki rose okay, okay number, number two, two. um I'm 175 and 0 in hotel wrestling. Okay. 
won no contest. Won no contest. I got jumped by Peter Locke and Bruce Cotton. They used an ironing cord and he choked me out. So I had to tap out. Um, so that was a no contest. That number, that number gets multiplied by two every time I hear <laughs> you tell me your wrestling record. <laughs> The fact that I my rookie year was 62 and 0. He's 175 and 0 now. <laughs> He's still wrestling, yeah. I guess. Oh man, now I hear like Wiz and Hasek and now uh TD, they're all like state championships and offset champions. So I'm glad I'm retired. Yeah. yeah. So and then I'll leave the third one that uh, for another time. Maybe I'll come back on here one time if my mom makes me come back on. <laughs> Mummy. Mummy. <laughs> Well, listen, man, we, I appreciate it. I, I can't tell you what you meant to my career early on, and especially as a young kid, too, um, growing up in this area. So appreciate you as much as we rag on you being the enemy of the pod and what you've done for the league. And, um, and man, even that, like, like you kind of briefly touched on it, but, you know, what you, what you did with having all, you know, pumping out all the kids, you know, in that short span and, and then trying to, you know, almost like finding your game again, um, it's crazy, man. I don't understand. My body's broke broken right now. And I'm, you know, I've played played in the league for four years, let alone, you know, 20. So should be proud of yourself. And 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 it's uh we're again pumped to have you on, man. No, I appreciate all you guys are doing. And uh I said this to Donnie when I saw him at uh at the DA in the track over Christmas. This guy's grinding, man. I like this guy. Um, I didn't have a chance to know uh, Donnie growing up that well. He, he's obviously a lot younger than I am, but man. Um, when you see a young kid like that doing things and uh, when the lights are off and no one's watching, I mean, that's when you become great. And uh, that's cool to see Donnie keep doing that thing. And I'm saying that because you're an Oakville boy. I still bleed Oakville, even if I'm wearing oh, the no. I have to, man. Come on. You never forget where you come from. Dan, you got to respect that. But I do wear the Chiefs logo on the outside. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you you grew up there, and then when you had a choice, you immediately left for, for, for greener grass, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, we have to move west. I like it. Good stuff. All right. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for all you guys do for the game. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. All right. That was him. Hopefully you liked it. If you didn't, whatever. But we, uh, yeah, it was a great little chat with that guy. could sit down for hours with him after, I mean, guys played in the, uh, in the NLL, I think as long as I've been alive. So it's uh, quite the feat, quite the guy, but what's, uh, you got anything Donnie, else? when are you born? Yeah, when were you? I'm 98. Okay. He when did he come in the league? 2002. Oh my God, it's literally almost as long as Donnie's yeah. been alive. What a, that's crazy. Yeah. I wish I met, I wish I met the old Dan Dawson, the young one in his prime. Yeah. When it but, wasn't dangerous, it was drinking, drinking Dan. <laughs> drinking Dan. Oh, I mean, and you got to think a guy like that can only play in the league so long if he's on, you know, great supplements, which you've been diving into. You're a bit of a story guy now on your Instagram, which I love. Big, big story guy. Big so, story guy. Yeah, that lion eyes. I, I just got in and put a little re-up ordering with them. I like this rocket pop. BCAs yeah, and that's EAs, what I got it. That's what I got so good. Right yeah. Um. So check them out. Paul twenty, Dan twenty, confirmed they work. I don't think they ship to the U.S. I think we've confirmed that. Yeah. So, which is again, 
really appreciate it. I've been getting a ton of DMs actually for Cottage Springs and for Lionize to the States. Um, so really appreciate the support from our American listeners. But yeah, just yeah, fortunately it's just kind of Canada wide for for both those. But one beauty is like I'm going to Whistler. Uh, I can't remember. He's either going to Whistler soon, but he's like, I'm gonna stock up on so much Cottage Springs when he's in Whistler. I'm like, yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. So, love that. Love yeah. that. Maybe we'll have to get him uh get Cottage Springs to expand to the US or something. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is there you got anything else? What do we got? Uh I did have something, but now I can't remember. So I guess I don't have anything. All right. Donnie, anything? Where, where are you going this weekend? Are you at home this weekend with against Loyola? Yep, home Loyola this weekend, and then we're uh, we're in the dome in uh, at Q's well, two weekends. Big couple so, weeks for you. Fun little stretch coming up. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, you know hard schedule. It's like every week is a is a big team. Yeah, well, so you start with high point. Of course it is. Every week's a big one. Oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Oh, and shout out to High Point grad. Connor Robinson, six goals in his game against uh, for Colorado against Calgary this this past, I guess, yesterday. Hell of a game. Broken nose. One of the better interviews I've heard after a game. All-time quote, which was hilarious. What, like, what, what was the, the – dude, my favorite part of it was like – and, yeah, like, I think he's like, yeah, we all performed well. So, uh, you know, good job to the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He seems like a beauty. Yeah, nose doesn't look good, but we didn't get in this game to look pretty, so – yeah, win or something. Yeah, it was and then he gave that right at the end of the year. Like, I love that guy, man. He's so like go happy, go lucky. Right at the end of the interview, he just ends it by saying tusk up, like uses their saying. <laughs> <laughs> so what a weapon. I guess he's got a broken nose or something from that too. So um, but yeah, I think that pretty much does it for episode 37. Back of the like bird presented by Cottage Spring. So we will chat with you next week. Peace. There was no sign of you but the holes in my cold heart And I gave my world to you and you dragged me through the dark Like a thief in the night you played your part drug I was, strength behind your grip. I hated the buzz on your hallucinogenic trip. Set myself free and you'd sneak up from behind. I was the monster in my mind. Get out, let me go. I can't do this anymore Death was seated on my right Disguised as love and dressed in white Eyes as black as a winter night Said I'd never walk alone again The beginning of the end Get out 
Like a thief in the night you moved and broke me all apart There was no sign of you but the holes in my cold heart And I gave my world to you and you dragged me through the dark And I was the monster from the start 